going on, everybody? Cali Death Podcast back once again. We got episode 20 for you. That is two tens. We have made it to 20 episodes. And I'm back here with the usual dudes, uh, Joel, Casey, and Joseph. And we're bringing on the Cali Death homies from Embryonic Devourment, Luke and Austin. What's up, motherfuckers? What's Tell us up? What's up. You know, <laughs> yeah. like... We got history. We got mad history. We ran into each other many a times at the pound, but you guys cruised down from up north a bit. You guys made a lot longer trek yeah. to get to the scene that we were all, you know, partying together and shit. But yeah, I'm jumping way into it. But first, introduce yourselves, you know, talk about, you know, where you came from, what got you into this shit, and how you, uh, you know, pushed embryonic development through the fucking underground and kept going up until now, dude. Uh, for sure. Uh, you you want to start with that, Luke, or you want me to? I'll, I'll start with, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll start a, a little briefly with how I got into to death metal. You know, I mean, I heard, I listened to my first Iron Maiden CD when I was like seven. My brother played in a metal band for as long as I can remember. Um, he played the drums, so naturally I wanted to play the drums. Um, by, by the time I was a freshman in high school, this dude was like, yeah, that old stuff's cool, but this newer stuff's cool too. Check out this Morbid Angel album. And so that got me my first taste of death metal back in like 94. And uh, fast forward a little bit, I got my first drum set. About a year after I got my first drum set, I met Austin um, in a music class in high school. He was jamming out and we had been ditching school smoking weed one time and I found out that he was into metal and played guitar and so we had talked a little bit and then just one day I busted into the music room at high school and started thrashing on the drums and he started thrashing on the guitar and it was like magic. So no previous and projects for you before that? Luke? Well, shortly after that, we started our first band together. Okay. So that and, was, that's where it was. Uh, and then fast forward a few more years. Um, he moved to LA, came back. I went to college, came back to, to the area we're in now. And uh, we ended up starting another band together called Yield Scabbard. And we sang about pirates. Oh, dude. Raiding. Well, actually, actually, before that, if you remember, Luke, we uh, before I had moved down to L.A., we had started uh, Blue Puke. Yeah, our very first project was Blue Puke. And, <laughs> and it, was, uh, it was like punk rock stuff. Hey, but, it was like no, a right, mix of punk right. and grindcore, yeah. No, 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 yeah, no. Um, we, can't, we, can't, we can't get too ahead of Blue Puke, dude. We got to break that <laughs> down a little bit, okay? I really i am I'm interested. I, I want to know the origin of that band name because i'm thinking to myself like what could i swallow to make it blue when i come back up so well there there was a uh me and, so so me and luke were we were jamming together and um all of a sudden uh there was this local show that was coming up in in Laytonville, and we got asked to play it even though we didn't really have a band name yet and we kind of looked at the uh preliminary lineup of, of what was to be and there was a a guy on there a, a blues player and his name was uh coincidentally blue luke mm -hmm. and and uh me and luke 
thought it would be kind of funny to to, to make fun <laughs> of it. So we we're like, well, we should call ourselves Blue Puke. So, I like that. We, I like that origin much better because I was thinking like Blue Gatorade and milk. <laughs> like the blue milk from fucking star wars like all that shit drinking that and just puking it up Slur slurpee and airheads slurpee and airheads dude. <laughs> and uh yeah and that was uh with with a buddy of ours named owen he was owen was the punk rock guy he was super into punk we're rock sorry austin we're catching that feedback again bro are you got back off a little buddy oh okay and uh so is that a little better yeah that works fine dude and and we can to still totally hear you dude so um so yeah that was with a, a guy named owen and he was like the punk rock guy he was super into you know just old school 80s punk and i was into full-on brutal blasting death metal uh already by that point um and so those two styles melded and we kind of settled on kind of like a almost like a punk grind type deal, almost like a early napalm death, but with uh, sort of a comedy aspect to it. This uh, is still just, high school? Yeah, this is yeah, pretty much yeah. still high school, yeah. We were like 17. It was nice. 1997, I believe, first time we started doing it. Yeah. That's a good, I mean, I'm thinking of myself at 17, and I wasn't quite there to the extreme, you know. I was still like... I mean, I was listening to it, but with, with the music that I was doing, it wasn't as extreme. So it, I always give kudos to people that I hear like, oh yeah, dude, I was, I was, uh, I was trying to be like Napalm Death in high school. That, that <laughs> statement to me sounds like fucking, oh dude, you were way more ahead of me. Cause I was too busy to <laughs> fucking Slipknot when I was in sophomore year, you know? Austin and showed then, me suffocation and immolation and just instantly like that pierce from within album deeds of flesh like, too and then uh yeah a few years later yeah he showed me deeds of flesh trading pieces um that was one of the first yeah one of the first of the first four or five bands that he showed me which were much more extreme um deeds of flesh ass suck immolation suffocation those were all huge influences um at that point now that I'm, I'm I'm putting the math together now, 17, I graduated at 17. So I was already totally bumping everything you just mentioned right there at 17. But you guys doing what you were doing at 17 to me makes me want to fucking say right on, dude, because I wasn't, I was like starting to think about doing the carnivorous stuff at that time. <laughs> right. But it never really actually came to fruition until I was like 18 or 19, you know? So it's it's cool to hear these these under 18 stories of like already being exposed to and trying to emulate that extreme metal sound, you know. Rewinding even even uh even further though, like before the the blue puke stuff, because see the thing is with, with me, I had actually uh <clears throat> I, I grew up down in LA, down in Los Angeles, and, and eventually moved up north where I went to high school and met Luke. But um, down there in, in Los Angeles, uh, my dad actually played in a metal band down there when I was just a, a little guy. When it, I mean, we're talking, you know, 1990. Um, what was the name of the band? The band was called Anomie. Um, 
anomy basically the word itself means the, the state right before anarchy right when everything's going into chaos that's mm. that's uh the state of anomy and um he started th that band uh with another guy named jerry duncan who used to be in a one of the pioneering punk rock bands called legionnaires disease back in the day i mean we're talking you know mid 70s um wow. and uh so I, I grew up with my dad in a metal band and uh, Harley Flanagan from the Cro-Mags, believe it or not, played drums in that band for a little while. Wow. And so I actually uh, got exposed to, to, to that scene just being a little kid, not really knowing, you know, who Harley was or anything like that yet. You know, mm -hmm. I was just just knew it was a, a cool looking dude. Yeah, <laughs> that played drums. A, seed, a seed was planted. Um, yeah and uh so i just wanted to be you know like my pops you know and play play uh heavy music because it just blew me away i thought it was awesome so um and how old were you when you it, did you uh go to any of his shows oh yeah yeah i would always help my dad roadie and stuff my brother would stay home with my mom and, and my dad would take me along with him to help carry his gear and stuff and i would always be you know watching him from from the backstage area kind of biting my nails and like just really tripped out by what was going on and um oh dude i love that dude how how old are you by the way at this time uh but i think i was about 11 or 12 something like oh, wow. that and uh and then uh you know i, I kind of started getting into guitar I, I learned how to play uh what was it uh uh suicidal failure by suicidal tendencies I thought that was the coolest shit in the world. So I learned that song and, uh, and my dad, he had a, an issue of music connection magazine, which was a, a magazine that had musicians in there that were looking for bands and stuff like that. Like a musician's classified. My dad pulls up this ad that says 13 year old drummer wanting to start band. And he's like, check this out, son. You know, this guy wants to start a band. He's 13 years old. And I was like, Holy shit. So I called him up and uh, ended up meeting up with this with this guy. His name was Jesse Shadis, and um, and this kid was the dude that actually showed me death metal. I mean, my dad, he was although he was in a metal band, it wasn't death metal, you know. Um, so he was like, "Check this shit out. This is obituary." And I was like, "Whoa, dude." obituary what the fuck you know and he he showed me uh you know napalm death and um and we started jamming together and uh and we, we created a you know a, a small set list of songs probably about five or six songs trying to emulate those types of bands and uh so then uh you know just from him knowing other people uh in the scene, you know, friends of his that he went to to, to uh, school with. All of a sudden, we get this gig with fucking sepsism and disgorge. <laughs> yeah, um, and that was at a club called Enrique's down in in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, and Maddie Way was singing at that time. I I don't I'm not sure if Diego was in the band yet at that time. Actually, I think. Uh, this was a you know really early discord show and um so we go on we're playing you know we're, we're fucking thrashing out doing our thing and 
but the crowd is kind of like standing there with their arms crossed, you know, and we're, they were banging their heads, but they weren't like fully into it, you know, and I, I was, I, I was kind of tripped out by that. I was like, oh, what's going to take to get this crowd moving, you know, what are these bands we're playing with? And man, when fucking Disgorge hit, it was like, boom. And fucking. You I knew was, what they were all waiting for. Yeah. yeah. And the whole crowd just start fucking circle pitting, going fucking nuts, you know? And I'm like, holy shit, man. I, I pulled my drummer outside and I was like, Jesse, dude, we got to change our whole shit. The, 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 music <laughs> <we're>, <laughs> you know, the music we're playing right now fucking sucks, dude. This dude. is. This shit's wild. I mean, I, the, I just want to add to that is like Discord is that band. Like, if your first introduction to to Discord is live and you see the crowd do that, you're like, yeah, I yeah. do need to rethink my whole situation right now. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, it was a total <laughs> just mind fuck. Uh, and uh, after they were done playing, Derek Boyer was was outside because he was in the band at the time. Actually, he's just sitting there smoking some weed out you know sitting against the wall outside and i walked up to him and i was just a little kid man i was like hey dude um you ever heard of the band obituary <laughs> he's like <laughs> he's like yeah i heard of those guys fucking <laughs> you know and he's like but have you ever heard this and have you heard this he's like here take it to scourge tape and he like gave me a tape you know and, uh, yeah from there man it was just like <laughs> i ne i never turned back after that you know it's just wanted to to play the heavy shit after that you know speaking That's of a, derek real quick i just said uh or posted that uh new standard elites putting out that deprecated demo again OG oh, wow. style the og recording so everybody who has uh, been hearing about deprecated on this shit that doesn't know and if you do know and you want that original shit you're gonna have a opportunity to get that shit in a okay. physical copy from nice new is that the uh the four songer deriding his creation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love yeah. that. That shit's Holy coming shit. out. This they're re-releasing that shit this year. I just found out today. I was super stoked. I mean, I got my original copies and shit, but it's just cool that like, because you can't even really find those songs online no. either. You know? Yeah. So you want you want to hear it? It's like those new re-recorded versions or whatever. So you want the original shit? It's coming out this year. Fuck Dude, yeah. nice. I can't wait. That's sick. <laughs> That's funny, Austin, when you were talking about, like, the same thing happened to me when I was, like, I was basically into Slayer, Sepultura, Pantera. I was like, those are my bands. And my brother was in death metal. Like, he was all, he was in the, you know, early scene, like, playing and, you know, going to Morbid Angel shows, DSI, all that stuff. Once he saw me start listening to DSI and Morbid Angel, he's like, you're fucked now, dude. This is all you're going to care about, like, your whole rest of your life. Like, this is all that matters now. He's all, that Slayer shit's going to go out the fucking window and you're going to, See, you're gonna see my way pretty soon and just like fucking 20 years later 25 years later i'm still just like just still deep in it <laughs> like yeah yeah totally you know once, like once, you're, once you're in you're in it's like it's, it literally is just like your older brother just watched you put a needle in your i'm like yep dude you're fucking <laughs> you're, you're you're hooked bro exactly i didn't yeah. put it in, well actually maybe he did if you want to go with the metaphor even deeply he did put it in or he handed it to you he gave you the syringe and said <laughs> you make the decision dude no, he was showing it to me and i he was like just just dangling in front of me he's like i didn't like the vocals so i was like yeah it's crazy music and i would show it to my friends to shock them i'd show them like kill the christian by deicide or 
Oh, like that's, that. a, just, that's a good shocker right there. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> yeah. just the name. I remember I got it off like Napster or something, and I was like, I just got the most shocking name I could find from DSI. And friends would come over. I'm just all like, I'd put it on like I like I liked it, but I didn't like it. <laughs> oh man, when I when I first played that album, I I literally I had to press stop on yeah. the cassette because I thought I was evoking some kind of you know like Satan was <laughs> gonna fucking come. Yeah, I had to call up my friend like, dude, can you please come over and listen to this? With me? Can you care, listen? Bro. I mean, yeah, that's some scary shit, dude. I mean, still, it's, it's no doubt, no doubt, pretty scary. Yeah, no, definitely. You believe it. I believe them. Like, it's like one of those, like, like when a death metal band that, like, you're listening to it, you're actually like, fuck, this guy's, like, for real. Like, he's not fucking around. Like, Glenn Benton is, like, the, you just see him with the burn cross in his head or upside down cross in his head <laughs> and just, yeah. like, his face and shit. You're like, that guy, that's the only guy in death metal that scares me. Like, we're, that's, like, still to this day, I'm still worried about him. We're, we're terrified <laughs> to have those guys on the podcast. Like, we're like, no, I don't even know. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not, dude. I'm just, I don't. I don't want to see Glenn Benton work a webcam. That might worry I want to be like, so how long did that process take, dude? Did you carve? Did you brand it? Did you go through the whole thing of like actually making the metal and then just stick it yourself? Did you have somebody else do it? Yeah. I want to yeah. dig into that. Not yeah. Dude. No pun Definitely. intended. Dig into it. Uh, burn into yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, it, it's, you know, and some of the other bands actually down there, um, besides the scourge that, that was happening at that time, like, like I said, sepsism, those guys were fucking sick. I don't know if you guys have ever heard sepsism, but uh, at that time they were fucking crushing right along with the scourge playing all the, you know, backyard house parties with those guys. Um, and uh, there was another band too, a couple other bands. Deeds of Flesh was definitely rolling. Um, uh, another band called Infamy was a, a big band down there um and another group that was sick as fuck they're not around anymore called purgatoria and they they were actually a really big influence on me as well no shit yeah this so is your cal yeah this is socal yeah so you're pretty much around for the the birth of the california death metal sound basically i didn't know it at the time you know but um uh, now being older i'm like wow i actually saw those fucking guys you know uh, at some of those warehouse shows um I, our, our band demise um after we played that show with with the score we started scoring some other shows we played a show with uh it was infamy deeds of flesh the scourge a band called disembodied mm -hmm. um and another band called Bread on Deception. And that was that was at like a warehouse with like skate ramps and all these punk rock kids going crazy. And I, I mean, just the scene back then was fucking off the hook, dude. I mean. So just again, what years were these? Like the, the 90s? Uh, I would, yeah, I would say by that point, uh, by the time the, the warehouse shows started rolling around, I was probably about 94, 95, I'm thinking. Wow, so cool, dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was and fun. I was just a little guy, you know, I mean, those guys were yeah. a, a little older than me, but because of my dad, you know, I, I had got into the music a little, oh, a little okay. earlier as a kid and, and I was already playing in a band and stuff. And so witnessing that as just a little guy, you know, and I, I, when I say little, I mean, people thought I was a little girl, you know, cause I had long <laughs> hair and I just, I hadn't gone through puberty yet. And I just looked like a fucking, you know, little girl basically, you know? <laughs> Yeah. By the time I'm doing that, I'm sitting in this small town where there's one 
video store that has some tapes in it and you're lucky to find a Metallica album. I was lucky enough to have an older brother that listened to metal when he was my age at the time. And so I was able to steal all his tapes out of his old trailer. And that's, <laughs> that's what I had, you know, I was, I was lucky to even have a Slayer haunting the chapel demo. Fuck where yeah, you were album, lucky, dude. You know, the, the album repeats on side B. But, it's kind uh, of like the the little nugget that my brother left me too. It was uh, one side he put the black album on it on on one side of the tape, and the second side was um, it was Effigy the Forgotten and Broken oh, wow. Hope and Broken Hope. But he put it on there to be like, okay, here's your little Metallica stuff that'll get you into it, and then like mm -hmm. when you want to really like turn the page, flip the tape <laughs> over, and like there you go, Effigy on the other side. Funny story, very similar. This this dude that first showed me death metal when I was in high school 14 he he gave me the morbid angel covenant album and so I bootlegged that onto one side of this blank tape that was like a nice like three hour tape you know 90 minutes on each side so I had guns and roses appetite for destruction on one side and morbid <laughs> angel covenant on the other and yep. so when I first started hearing that album I would a lot of times I would just rewind the guns and roses side just to hear that and then as the years went on and i still had that tape and it's still holding together because you know how tough those tapes were i was i was finding myself fast forwarding through the guns and roses and, and <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. now at your age can you look at that that homemade split that you just made between guns and roses and morbid angel can you look i at wish that? i still had it is that still defining as Luke today? Guns and Roses on one side, Morbid Angel on the other. Uh, not so much into the GNR these days. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually, uh, in my older age, when it comes to like, yeah, I listen to like rock and roll and stuff, but now it's more like David Bowie type yeah, stuff. Yeah, nice, dude. I'm or like that. the rock and things. Um, oh, yeah, like the old Bowie. Motown albums and stuff like that. Oh God, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You're talking my language. I I really appreciate that analog sound, especially the drum sound. Like I can't get enough of Otis for, Redding, dude. Otis Redding, dude. Otis like, Redding, that fucking dude knew how to rock, dude. Oh the God, dude. Monterey Pop Festival albums, like those live albums. The Man, live shit is the best, dude, because the best he's shit. got the he's got the most energy during that shit, dude. Oh yeah. Yep. I mean, you so, feel it during the recordings, but dude, the live shit is where you really understand Otis Redding, dude. Absolutely. Yeah. We're in the yeah. weeds now. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I, was, I was just going to try to get us out of the weeds. Uh, so you guys started jamming, uh, did some pirate metal, and then got back together. And then how did the name Embryonic Devourment come about? Well, we uh, we just kind of turned a corner and decided that we were really wanted to be more extreme. The pirate thing was cool, but um, you know, a lot of the songs were like a little more swashbuckly. And we started writing heavier songs, and we just we had a more clear direction by the time 2003 came around and uh and that's when we really started recording uh or started writing the really heavy stuff 
and so, so that's, that's cool because like now i'm realizing like your your pockets the same exact pocket for us you know like i really got serious in 2002 with it for myself casey and odious maybe a couple years before that but yeah it's like that seems to be like that that give or take three year starting point for the next generation you know and and that's super cool to like just now i want to hear like so what was it like for you guys starting in 2003 we starting to get and get it serious going in 2003 well um like you need to get down to the city to play shows and so you need to go to yep. shows to oh yeah so people. by the way you guys are up northern california northern california Mendocino at least county. At, what's the what's the out what's the distance drive to the bay to get to a pound sf show Good, a good fucking yeah three to three and a half hours maybe even four depending on you know just you got to stop for gas sometimes you hit traffic um and i mean yeah leading up to that to that point you know after because uh, i was down i was down in la like i said and and um but then what happened was my parents got a divorce <laughs> Yeah. And so uh my dad, you know, he was like, Well, I'm I wanna move up north. I wanna move to the woods far away from the fucking city. And I was like, Whoa, you know, shell shock. What what the fuck? You know, I'm gonna move to the middle of nowhere. Uh there's gonna be nobody up there into the stuff I'm into. This is gonna suck. But uh so uh, just went ahead and made made the move with my dad and and had to basically leave my band you know I was like hey guys you know I gotta I gotta leave the band and and actually by that time my bass player you know he was uh this this guy Joel you, you know we kept it fucking you know death metal for a long time but after a while he was wanting to throw like DJ type shit into the mix and I was like no fucking way that's not gonna you know i wanted to have like a turntable in the band or some shit you know and i was like fuck that so um and anyway, so it's probably the right time to to leave the band anyways i i guess you know uh so when i moved up north um like luke was saying you know we met in high school and uh so we started that band blue puke uh played you know there was only really one place to play in in little old Laytonville and that was the bar you know playing for basically a bunch of drunks and uh <laughs> we you know we we played that out quite a bit and we're like shit man we gotta get the fuck out and fucking you know play some real shows so yeah we're fucking you know we wanted to we wanted to get out and do some more shows um and we were kind of planning for that it, and you know out of that frustration i was just kind of like you know what fuck this i'm moving back to la it, this fucking place is weird i'm out how long uh, were you there before you said that or did uh, that? about about a year and a half i would say mm -hmm. um after he graduated so, he went back to la yeah i, I was just like i'm i'm going back to la and i'm gonna start a death metal band so uh you know, and, and be a big rock star. <laughs> and uh, so I fucking, I, I moved back down to LA only this time it was much tougher because 
I was pretty much on my own, you know, I didn't have uh, my dad anymore, that, that musical support um, and access to, to gear and stuff like that, that my dad had that he was, you know, letting me use. And, and so I, I had to do it on my own. Like, you know, I got a, a job as a fucking telemarketer, you know, basically working for people fucking peanuts. Yeah. And uh, somehow saved up enough to buy a guitar cabinet and, and a head and um, I started a band called Infest and Corrupt and uh, did some shows down there. Uh, and, and, you know, it, and that was fun. And we were, we were, you know, making a little bit of headway, just, you know, hooking up with other bands and playing some shows and stuff like that. Um, but it just wasn't, uh, you know, I was just in another L.A. band at that point, you know, and there are tons of fucking L.A. bands and. And uh, it just didn't seem like what what I had had with with the band Demise down there, um, you know, getting in some of those shows with the Scourge and, and some of the some of the bands that I really wanted to be playing shows with. Um, so I said, well, fuck it, I'm moving back up north again. So moved back up north and uh, kind of got into the, you know, started uh acclimating more to the area getting into the to the weed scene and uh you know making money in that department back in the old black market days when yeah. you know you could make really good money doing that and mm -hmm. um so then i i hooked up with luke again uh, I, well actually right before that i, I started a band called Cerebus for yep. a little while up yep. there uh, we and we we actually did put out three albums um, under the under that name, Cerebus. Um, that's actually prob that's where we probably first met was through that project. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Uh, and then you know, and and Luke, he wanted to jam again too, so we hooked back up and we yeah we formed Yield Scabbard, which was a pirate metal band. We wanted to sing all about fucking pillaging the fucking pilgrims and fucking you know, going out on the ocean and, and, and making motherfuckers walk the plank and fucking, you know, we're yeah, dude. That's at that time too. we were pretty serious about the fucking pirate thing, you know, yeah, I never, I never it wrote about funny, it. But... I never wrote about it, but I loved that shit ever since I was a fucking kid, dude. I think about Fuck pirate yeah. shit every fucking day, dude. At least one time a day, I think of some type of pirate shit, dude. <laughs> exclusive, Cali Death exclusive. Fuck yeah, dude. fuck yeah. I'm I never with you, write dude. about it, but pirates have been a part of my fucking life, bro. Hey, Deeds of Flesh, where they were all pirates, kind of. Yeah. That's why I secretly yeah. loved it, like <laughs> all that era, dude. Everybody was like, "What are they talking about, dude?" That's like, dude, I'm down. <laughs> fuck yeah. When I first met uh, Jacoby, he kind of seemed kind of pirate-like, sort of, you know. <laughs> yeah, he totally does. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Jacoby is the most pirate I've ever met, dude. I've, out of every human that I've met currently today, Jacoby is the closest to a pirate you'll ever find, dude. I we that. used to know this dude in Ukiah that got scurvy, actually. <laughs> wait, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, an, an actual person in the 21st century that got scurvy. Um, I can't remember his name. I just remember back in like 2005. Why am I thinking of that dude as like a celebrity now? Like, <laughs> to catch I'm not sure. I think a disease that Utah. a pirate would get, dude. I'm like, dude, that dude is fucking dope, dude. <laughs> like, where did he get it? Can I go lick that fucking napkin or whatever? The fuck? 
I assume that he probably just lived in his bedroom and never ate anything except for because I mean, isn't, and hot dog. isn't like vitamin <laughs> I mean, C like just, vitamin C is like the number one uh, um, shield against scurvy now? So just get scurvy and yeah, eat a bunch of it, oranges, it, it, dude. You're good. You get it from not eating enough oranges and yeah. <laughs> Get some, stuff. get some pizza you got the tomato sauce <laughs> oh, <dude. laughs> you gotta do i wonder it's still yeah. junk food but it'll save you from scurvy you what got the fuck does, C, what, what the fuck does scurvy even do to you oh it's scurvy it's bad. Uh, I think it it barnacles barnacles grow in your armpits dude kind of like gout barnacles grow in your armpits joseph could you really google scurvy for us right and your and your toenails and fingernails become patinaed bronze dude not good dude haven't you ever seen Waterworld? You know, Kevin Costner's got that little freaking plant with the. It's like a, you know, what is that shit? It's a. It's like a an orange. In a couple a, decades. A lemon. Man, they need to make a Waterworld part two. That would be fucking epic. Oh, yeah, dude. Mm. It's mostly the uh, swollen, bleeding gums thing. Mm. Oh, I got that right now. Yeah, I'm just kidding. I'm, I brushed my teeth. <laughs> yeah, Waterworld shit. Joseph, that, was, that was pretty fucking pirate. Oh, definitely. That's pretty dude. pirate, dude. Yeah. I was gonna say, Joseph, dude, we're deeper in the weeds, dude. You're supposed to fucking reel us back. <laughs> I, know. I, I, I don't mind this, weeds. dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'll allow it. I'll allow one more rare disease. I hear the mention. word pirate, and now I'm talking about fucking patinaed fingernails. Dude. What the fuck is in in the early days of the embryonic empowerment songwriting, we were kind of steering towards uh What's brutal that's in like real life? Dude, look, I think I remember some of the lyrics. It goes, uh, traveling across the stormy seas, following tattered and torn maps. If you challenge us, I'll shake. Or you can choose to walk the plank. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Floating bodies fill the air. Blood is soaked by hair. A musket ball has shattered my leg. Oh, we gotta start it now. Rum and kill with beer. How do you feel about this? Is amazing. Go ahead, Joseph. Oh yeah. How do you feel about the like kind of new? There was like a a pirate metal thing that happened like maybe ten years after that, right? With uh, with that band, uh, Alestorm. Alestorm. Yeah. 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 I like those guys. They're cool. Yeah, yeah. they're fun. You're telling okay, and I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to act like bullshit. Um, there's a pirate metal subgenre. Yeah. Like for real? Well, oh. dude, we toured a uh, decrepit tour oh, with yeah. Swashbuckle. Swashbuckle. They were they were Whoa. like they were they were signed to Nuclear Blast yeah. and they were like a a legit uh, I mean they were legit they were like joking. They'd be like, you know, they play a show, fucking funniest jokes, have like parrots come on stage and like running around <laughs> like stage diving shit and like and like yeah, they were just super fucking funny. And they were stage just like, diving parrots? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, actually, I think what they would do is every show they'd be like, okay, who's going to be the parrot today? And just one of the people, the crew, or one of the bands could be the parrot or oh, whatever. Shit. I think it was a parrot. It was it was something like that. And you just run around stage and you just run into them and then you jump off stage. That was like your <laughs> pretty much your, that was your goal for the That's day. That's awesome. Sounds like a lot of fun. What, yeah. yeah. Real quick, let me chime in. What do you think about bird based metal bands? Isn't there fucking, uh, I think. Uh, there is a parrot-based death yep. metal band. Yeah. Hey, Beak. Yep. Yeah, that's what it is. Yep. And Caninus <laughs> also with the, with the dogs. The fucking Caninus dog band. is my favorite. Yeah, yeah. That's one of my favorite Didn't, fucking animal-fronted bands. Didn't one of the vocalists in Caninus pass away? 
Yeah, because there's two oh, dogs. Yeah, one of the dogs what? passed away. Yeah. yeah, that was a while ago, though. That's why, yeah, they, that was... that's why they stopped doing it. Oh, dude. Yeah. Oh, do well, I'm giving an RIP. I'm giving a real <laughs> RIP, dude. Yeah. yeah, no, I would listen to that shit. I remember back, I talked about yeah. this a couple times. I'd be at the gym and like listen to K9s and be like, like pumping iron with like, bro. <laughs> everyone's listening to their fucking like cool music listen, i'm listening to fucking dog friend metal the, okay uh plug the song so people can actually hear the song that you're pumping iron brindle brickheads. I think there's, what is there's a brindle brickheads brindle brickheads brickheads brindle brickheads and uh, brindle fuck. brickheads that's not even the best one i oh, i know hold on there's some hits dude yeah there's there's the hit was that might have been the hit I just um, want them to, no dogs, to no like masters. imagine you no dogs, no doing like butterflies, like. <clears throat> oh man, dude! Pumps oh no, up. human rawhide. That's the one. Human mm. rawhide. Yeah, Keep yeah. That. That's only a minute and twenty-three seconds, guys. Just I prefer. I mean, that's just awesome. But I prefer the bird bands a little bit. I wonder how they got the dogs to to actually, you know, sing into the mic. <laughs> they just probably just recorded them. They just recorded them barking and then like cut it up. You know. totally totally because you know how they're, some they're, dogs they get they get weird like if you stick things in front of their face like maybe they were just like freak out when you stick yeah. the mic in their face or something Probably like, like a that. room mic or something just Dude, like actually a good just, uh, yeah no reverb. exactly like what you're saying joel like what if you just had a mic like at the front door and the ups guy shows up and it just <laughs> come, like to the mic like, just like yeah dude we got a good day <laughs> You know, they got some good like snarls. It's still, like, kind of growly. It's, yeah. all, like, super... it's, it's good though. You're on, you're on the phone with somebody yeah. before, but you're like, uh, dude, I gotta, I gotta let you go, dude. I gotta set up recording because the post office is gonna be here. In <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, dude, you just leave and that shit I, on. All I know day. I'm gonna catch it today, dude. I'm gonna get the gold, yeah, dude. Yeah. We're gonna have the fucking hit. Yeah. The, the mail comes around one. We better get that microphone set up. Honestly, yeah, not okay. that different from recording regular vocals. So. <laughs> yeah, <totally. laughs> oh, it's like, dude, I, so, gave An- I gave Anthony his tea, dude. Um, he, he, he likes the honey. It's not at the right temperature, but he- I think it'll be working today. <laughs> Get the mic ready. Get the mic ready. <laughs> Here he goes, dude. He's in Here the position. <laughs> He's taking the stance, so, dude. Oh, shit. All right. So, uh. It back. So as we as we uh, started changing our songwriting style um, early on in the embryonic devourment days, it was like, what what can we write about that's brutal in real life? And so like some of the early beginnings of some of our songs, there was like this this news headline about this uh, this chick down in South America who lived in a very remote area and she was pregnant. She went into labor and she cut her own baby out like performed her own C-section on herself with like a knife in her kitchen. And her husband came home to find them both and they both lived. And like the child's all grown up now, full grown adult, but- um, Totally normal. Yeah, so that, you know, that song was, um, our vocalist at the time came up with the name Self-Inflicted Cesarean. And uh, we, uh, our vocalist, Johnny at the time. Like I never, that is like a twist on that, you know. It's like you could be a self-inflicted in abortion and then, uh, or something like that. When Austin started life, yeah, yeah. When Austin started taking over like most of the lyrical duties, uh, he started getting into uh, the reptilian thing, and so by the time our first full-length album was being recorded, he was. Uh, 
writing a lot of songs about um, David Icke's reptilian agenda, which I'm sure he can tell you tons of stuff about. Well, with with uh, well, coming back to to Yield Scabbard, so we we were doing Yield Scabbard, um, and every everything was going good, but I I started really feeling the drums. I wanted to play drums. Uh, it, in Cerebus, I had played drums, and uh, with with Yield Scabbard, when I when I went to Yield Scabbard, I was playing um, at well at that time guitar. Uh, when I when I went to Yield Scabbard, and Lauren was playing bass actually, um, and I decided after a while I wanted to go back to playing drums, and uh, so I left Yield Scabbard, and I started a band called Mummification. Oh, yeah. uh, and that that was with uh, Adam Weber uh, at the time. Shout out Adam. <clears throat> That's right. Yeah, at at the time, uh, Adam played uh, in a Bay Area band called Oxygen, and um, but he was moving up north, as it turned out, coincidentally to our area. So when I heard that he was moving up north, I was like, "Oh shit, I'm gonna call that guy." So I called him up. He came over. I you know had my drum set ready and. Uh, he hopped on the guitar and it just clicked right away. And I mean, literally within, I want to say three to four months, we had yeah. a, a whole album worth of material written. Um, so we recorded that. We went and actually uh, we contacted uh, Juan Ortega from Vile. We heard he had just started a studio called Trident Studios. He, he left the band vile or, or, or he wanted to focus more on his studio or something like that. Um, anyways, I caught wind of that and I was like, dude, that's the guy. We got to fucking go to that guy to fucking get the sick fucking shit. So we went and recorded with Juan, released that. And, uh, and after we, we put that out, um, all the while, Luke... And Lauren and this guy, uh, another guy named Aaron Ludeman, they were they were continuing on with Yield Scabbard, and then had decided they wanted to go in a more brutal direction. They so, you know, uh, at that point I I heard that they had changed the name to Embryonic Devourment, and I was like, huh, no shit, okay, oh, they're going in a more brutal direction. So I, you know, called them up, hey man can I come over to a practice? I just want to hear what you guys are doing. Come over, smoke some weed, fucking check it out. And sure enough, it was brutal fucking blasting shit, totally death metal. And I was like, whoa, this is some fucking heavy stuff. Um, I want to be back in the band. Uh, but Lauren, uh, at that point, because I had left, switched to guitar. So he went from playing bass to playing guitar. So he, Lauren was like, well, you know, we need a bass player. You want to play bass? I was like, sure, fuck it, I'll play bass. So that's when I came back into the fold. And um, and then we got this guy, Johnny, to handle vocals, Johnny DeRoche. And, um, and from recording with Juan, I was like, guys, to make it sick, we got to go to Juan Ortega. That's, that's the guy we got to go to to make the fucking embryonic devourment shit sound fucking powerful so we went to Juan um and 
recorded five songs. Uh, uh, that was the Beheaded by Volition EP. That was our, our first uh, EP. And that was like <clears throat> super fucking gore based, you know, violence and, you know, cannibal corpse type lyrics. Um, you know, just fucking emulating the, you know, the, the, the lyrical content of the, the stuff that we, you know, loved, you know, and um, so did that, did that for a while. We scored, scored some, some fucking cool shows in the Bay Area, um, played some of our first fucking Pound SF shows, hooked up with Severed okay. Savior, you know, yeah. did, did some shows with those guys, um, really started fucking like immersing ourselves in, in the Bay Area scene. And, and yeah, we had to travel a great distance to fucking do these shows but we didn't give a fuck at the time we were like fuck it oh, um shit. but anyways well, uh fucking no, real quick i was gonna ask you a side question because uh i'm hearing cerebus mummification embryo devourment like how many projects have you performed at the at the pound with uh at the pound uh i performed with cerebus uh, yeah. a couple times there with cerebus um with mummification as well and, and embryonic devourment that's what i was gonna say dude i think i've yeah. seen all three of those projects there oh wow been, nice, yeah dude, dude that's fucking been, sick well i mean dude you gotta figure like i was there fucking every weekend I, i'd go there on weekends that i didn't even know who the fuck was playing i would just Hell go yeah. there because one or two other dudes said they were going too and i'm just like all right it's gonna be a hangout in the back Wait. We were probably slamming with each other in the mosque pit, I bet. But more Dude, than likely, bro. Austin, most most of us, uh, most likely for sure, it was one of those like we've definitely talked, we've hung out, and we just don't either like fully remember yep. those specific times. But it's just like there, I I know looking at you that we had definitely crossed paths. Oh the yeah, round. no yeah. doubt, dude. For sure. With how many shows we went to. For sure, that's the first spot. And I, I, when I hear Cerebus, I'm like, I know for sure that was an opening band on at least one or more shows I went there. Oh yeah, yeah, no, definitely. No, yeah, we, we were pretty much the opening, the opening guys. Yeah, we were for all sure. the opening yeah. guys there, though. Odious yep. and Carnivorous, yeah. we were all the opening bands on those bills. But it's still like, yo, we're on the fucking pound stage, dude. Fuck yeah. Uh, yeah <laughs> some of the most awesome. special moments we ever had were at the pound, like in our infantile stage, like we go, we went to a show, a Nile show. And the first time we saw origin was at this Nile show and it completely fucking blew us away. And then that. fast forward, like year and a half. And we got to play a show with origin at the pound. Yeah. And like, yeah. just so like those two, those two moments were like really special to us. That's a good feeling, yeah. dude, for sure. And yeah. and actually with that band specifically, Origin, Paul Ryan, shout out. We're gonna get you on here. Fuck yeah, Paul. Point, dude. Cheers, yeah. Um, it's the origin going to see the going to see uh origin at the pound, and then being able to be on a bill with origin at the pound. You're like, it's that whole full circle thing that makes that's all we're chasing as as yeah as, especially at that age that's all you're chasing you're just you want to be in the fucking race dude and you want to be in the camaraderie you want to be on the fucking flyers you're like dude that's my logo underneath fucking necrophagist dude dude fuck yeah i mean on that note dude paul ryan was one of the most coolest fucking dudes you know i mean you you, you meet all these bands that, that are coming through the pound sf and 
one of the guys that was really supportive of what we were doing from the very fucking start was Paul Ryan, man. I mean, he always was just ready and willing to talk to us, to, to help us out, um, you know, was always pumped up on, on what we were doing, you know, just really uh, just willing to lend an ear. And, and uh, I just got to say, man, Paul was just fucking super cool, dude. Totally. It still is, man. Way cool, cool guy. We've touched on it probably a few times, but he's a transplant. And I'm not saying that in a negative way, but he's a transplant in the sense that he came from Kansas over to the Bay and totally he put his roots in the Bay Area. Yeah. And, and yeah. he is most 100% definitely part of the Bay Area scene for me through and throughout. Like every show I went to, Paul Ryan was there. Every, yep. a, a lot of the shows I went to, Paul Ryan was fucking serving drinks behind the bar and shit. <laughs> I remember yeah. that. Yeah. You're like, yeah, he was, he was fucking totally injected into it. Uh, you know, helped out so many of the musicians from the Bay Area going to that guitar center, hooking us up and blah, 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 blah. It's just like, he, he, he knew what's up with Cali death, dude. And, and I, I love all dude going to his fucking apartment. He, he fucking showed us echoes of decimation and you're just nice. your mind blown. You're like, dude, wait, how are you saying that you like my stuff right now? <laughs> yeah. I'm listening to this right now. And I'm just like, why do you even care about me? Why am I in your apartment right now? Like, <laughs> can I use your bathroom? <laughs> um, I just wanted to uh, mention, I've been listening to the Beheaded by Volition EP, which I hadn't heard before, but it's on your Spotify page. And oh, I just wow. wanted to start with it. And that shit holds up. I was super fucking impressed. And uh, you got a, like you. a kind of new new fan of the old style, I would say. Just, just Oh, like, right on, man. Days, Fuck I, yeah. like, I showed it to the band I was jamming with today at practice. I'm like, dude, check this shit out. We're having this band on the pod tonight. And they were like, oh, fuck yeah, this sounds sick. And uh, yeah, nice. that stuff, it's, it, the production on it is very good. I can definitely see that it mattered that you went to, is it Juan over at Trident? Yeah, he yep. definitely yep. got you guys a good sound yeah um we you know right when we when we got that uh right when juan handed that to us we immediately started going to the pound shows and just handing that out and uh, a couple of the people that we ended up handing it out to was was bill from decrepit birth um and I, and also derek derek was going to some of those pound shows too if i remember right uh mm -hmm. a lot of them actually uh and derek actually <clears throat> um it came up to me and was like hey man uh your guys is drummer for that fucking embryonic album man we're looking for a drummer right now uh you, you think luke could do this yeah they actually offered you know luke hey man do you want to try drumming for decrepit birth um, yeah matt emailed me yeah that's right and uh you know luke at, at that at that time i, I don't you know, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was, and I just told him honestly, I was like, yeah, I, 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 I know what your sound is. And I know that I could, couldn't possibly do it, especially not in the time frame that they would need, you know, they need someone that's pro that can learn fast. And that was not me. Um, you know, I barely know what the hell I'm doing now. I just remember, I, I just remember thinking like, just being so impressed with you, Luke, uh, and, and just, you getting that offer, you know, it was like, wow, man, that those guys are fucking, 
asking the fucking embryonic drummer to fucking to do that. That's like, I mean, that was mind blowing to me. You know, I was like, wow. You know, because really we love fucking. But I would give more credit to Juan than me for for them being impressed by by the sound of the, of that recording. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, the drums are are impressive on that record. You oh, can definitely. Yeah. I would definitely yeah. be like, yeah, maybe with a little work on cleaning up the kicks, because that's what Decrepit kind of needs. Like, you know, everything else is already there. Like, I don't know. I could definitely see Derek thinking about it like that. Yeah. I remember, uh, you know, Casey, when we first saw, you know, the video of you playing a Decrepit birth song on, on the drums, mm-hmm. we were all fucking blown away. We're like, wow, there's a drummer that really learned that stuff and is actually playing it how the fuck uh, is he doing that like what the so. fuck man i mean it, we were blown away by you bro i mean it, off the hook fucking drumming dude oh dude thanks man we played so many shows with you guys and had such good times over the years i, I mean I you remember that show that we too. played in uh we played uh in modesto at that fucking like dusty ass workshop fucking house party Fuck yeah it was that the, yeah oh no that wasn't the, what was that called uh, uh the workshop the workshop oh, okay the workshop yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 oh for sure man. that was awesome yeah. dude yeah. you guys even played a, a deprecated song if i remember yeah. right we were, yeah, yeah. We were induced deception i think was what it was. shit was fucking brutal oh, man i think yeah oh yeah, man that was, a, that was a fun was cover times. to watch you guys do but I you wanted to say Suffo cover too, right? Yeah, but I wanted to say though, with Luke, dude, like your drumming is sick, man. I, you have always been rad. Like with all the shows Thank we you. played, and I was, you know, re- reviewing all of your releases as, as I usually do each week, uh, and uh, just like, god damn, dude, there's some really cool stuff. Like you have your own style. You have like sick stuff that you do. Um, all of it's great. Like. The drums sound great like all like on all of your releases they sound good dude like and and you have this cool patterns and it's fucking shredding and your kicks are awesome i mean i think it's also i mean i can totally understand why they offered or asked for you to join back then yeah especially doing it like back you know back then you know it's like there there wasn't a lot of drummers around that were like pushing it like that you know so you're i've only been like working on my actual technique only in like the most recent years I used to really just kind of just let it fly and just just throw yeah. shit at the wall, kind of, you know. If For I sure. was painting, that would be I would just be throwing shit at the wall and, and see what comes out. And every every twenty or thirty times I play, there might be something that might actually be special. <laughs> and uh, you know, and that's a nice way to do it, but it's also nice to know what you're doing. And, and uh, for sure, I you know, Luke, I I think uh, you have a really artsy drumming style man it's like the picasso of of yeah drumming you know it's just very totally. luke, luke luke is a left-handed player and he puts his yeah. ride cymbal directly in front of the snare and so it's right sure. there yeah and so it, yeah. it just makes for a really weird fucking cool yeah style man uh, still don't ever downplay actually, your drumming luke well, it's good <laughs> well there's this video we made last summer that i'm actually pretty proud of because it was um it was just a rehearsal that we videotaped and recorded on Reaper, and then we put the sound and the video together. And uh, just it was so the drums are one take all the way through, and the guitar he played with me was one take all the way through, and then we did another guitar track, and that's all one take all the way through, and then the vocals are all one take all the way through with no edits. 
and and it's just all put together and warts and all there it is with the best possible mix that i could come up with which isn't that great but i'm kind of proud of that performance because that's like that's that big monumental thing that of like yep. a lot of drummers take huge pride in is like can you do it all in one take yeah without without piecing it together sure and um yeah, it's, yeah. you know that you know for me that little video that we made is just proof that you know we can do that fuck yeah dude respect oh, yeah. man respect a ton and also i wanted to say too that i think it's really important like from an artistic standpoint like you have your own sound you know and and you guys as a band have your own sound and like you know i was listening to, i was like not only do the songs themselves sound different from each other which is rad as a listener you know like you also i'm like i'm listening to stuff i'm like i've never heard that before like that's very unique like that's so like cool like i love that it's always shit. been important for us yeah and you guys have been doing that for so long and then sticking to your art so as an artist it's almost like you avoid certain things because it sounds like not necessarily someone else but just right so we try to avoid certain things we've heard a lot i guess absolutely yeah yeah and that's sick that you have done a great job with that like i thank you is that is that like does that come from like being part of like a loose collective or a loose scene like you see you you know that you're a part of it and or you feel you're a part of it so you don't you want to contribute to it but you don't want to just throw the same shit in the mix so you're like i gotta give it my own i gotta give it my own flair before i throw it in and i i i want i'm with joseph doing this book and like it's starting to inspire me to like think about like the evolution of the scene and and listen recently we'll do a plug real quick uh nothing well thanks for no one nothing's for no one joseph was recently a guest on that podcast oh wow and, uh, you know full disclosure i don't really listen to these these cali death episodes probably because i don't like to listen to my fucking voice too much so <laughs> absolutely <laughs> I, but i was like oh joseph's gonna be on this podcast and actually i am legit interested in listening to joseph's you know to hear joseph from that perspective and um now i'm totally fucking not i have no idea where i'm going with this (laughs) help me out joseph come on come on keep me going are you are you plugging me or you i'm plugging the the podcast but i was the scene uh, the scene okay so yeah being part of a scene in a collective uh and not wanting to you if you're gonna eventually put something into this like little bubble like you want to make sure that it's like original and and i think that like the bay scene and the california scene like kind of like that was like the main thing with a lot of bands was just like we're going to contribute but we have to have our own stamp on it you know right it it was when you start playing when you start playing like dozens of shows or like hundreds of shows over the years like not to take anything away from any band because if you're if you're trying to do a band then like you should fucking do it but when you start playing with a lot of bands and you start playing with a lot of support acts you start to hear a lot of well a lot of the same riffs a lot of the same arrangements and then like those are kind of the ones you almost avoid a little bit Mm -hmm. and earlier in your earlier in your 
uh, path, you're, you're doing more of the copycat stuff or not even realizing yeah. it. It's like you, yeah. you, you get down, you know, a month into doing this song and then you realize you got a fucking gorgasm riff in there and you're like, yep. Ah, yep. all right. So more. you got to be more self-conscious. And if and you, you already do... even have it recorded, then it's even worse. Cause it's like, well, now it's out there. dude. <laughs> yeah. We've, we've actually yep. thrown, thrown away entire songs before we finish the song. And we're like, you know what? That just, a little too much fucking deicide in there or whatever yeah, you know? so funny, just yeah. fucking funny toss it we're like fuck it after we had had the name embryonic devourment for about six months and like we were really like this is the name of the bay we're going with it we find we we were a little late to the party finding out about the band devourment like austin yeah. brings us this album molesting the decapitated fucking great album and he's like check these guys out dude <laughs> been around way longer than you fuckers what are you gonna do <laughs> and, uh, so we're like shit well i don't know we've already recorded material and uh and then and then at the time i think they had broken up for a little while so we were just we just went with it but um you know it was never it was never started because of them like that the name embryonic devourment like some people have thought but uh, they were always really cool. Mike Majewski was always super cool to us. And uh, so, yeah, I don't know where I'm going. There's with only that, but... certain, there's, there's a, in a finite amount of words in the English language. And then exactly. probably more, yeah. even more smaller, finite <clears throat> amount of words that would work as a death yeah. metal band's name. You know, well, yeah. devourment is a very punishing word, dude. So it's I like you're working into it. I remember on my iTunes, I had embryonic depravity next to yep. you guys. Yeah. Yep. So, and, yeah. There's uh, also an embryonic quick, cryptopathia. Real, yeah, real, <laughs> I'm just going to jump in real fast. I, so I was searching you guys on, you know, looking up the metal archives, and it was all embryonic development kept coming up. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's like so sweet. Yeah, Dude, yeah. We, we showed up to a show one time, and up on the marquee, it said economic development. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> that's hilarious that is fucking funny oh Economic my God. development. Dude. <laughs> oh that's great dude uh, yeah. it's like a workshop people are showing up like i need to work on my i need to diversify my portfolio <laughs> <laughs> you came to the right place guy shows up with like all his dreams just like i'm gonna do this dude this yeah. is it dude this is what's gonna get me in in order <laughs> god yeah and then so, yeah i really did and then we with, smoke weed with him and he's like what am i doing with my life and then he actually gets his shit in order after that yeah so yeah with with uh with beheaded by volition that that first ep we started you know pumping it out people were were liking it at least in the bay area so we're like hey you know let's let's send this out to some record labels you know to see what we get whatever and uh ended up signing that to uh a small little label out of Spain called Grotesque Music. And so they actually started pumping that out throughout Europe, which was cool for us. We're like, shit, man, our first release, we're fucking pumping it out in Europe. That's fucking killer. Uh, so we were, we were happy with that. We decided to start writing some, you know, another chunk of songs. At that time, uh, right when we started writing the, the next fucking chapter, Johnny uh, had to leave the band. He started getting more, you know, involved with starting a family and stuff like that. And um, so he <clears throat> he left the fold, and we're like, shit, we don't have a, a singer. Well, 
fuck it, I'll start singing. I, I play the bass, so, and I'm pretty sure I can sing while I'm playing the bass, you know, I'm just going boom, boom. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so uh, <clears throat> I started uh, at that same time reading uh, books by this guy, David Icke, who was writing all about this fucking reptilian race of aliens from another planet, a planet called Nibiru, just this big fucking plot to, you know, how these uh, reptilians are manipulating humankind and, and manipula manipulating our, our leaders and, and basically controlling our world. And I thought it was a cool subject. And it wasn't a gory subject. It wasn't filled with death and cannibal corpse type stuff. And, and from that, I kind of thought, you know, we could kind of use that subject matter and, and not be, in, be lyrically like a ton of other fucking death metal bands that are all Satan and gore based, you know, um, which is cool. We, we love that stuff, but we, again, we wanted to throw our own, you know, thing in, into the basket, you know, like you guys were saying. Um, yeah. It really is. Some, it is. It's something that, that gets your mind flowing, you know, it gets it just the creativity happening. You know, it's like, there's no, there's no way I'm ever going to know if Zechariah Sitchin can really fucking decipher all these cuneiform texts from the <laughs> totally. Sumerians from fucking 8,000 years ago. You know, it's like, there's no, I'm too dumb, dude. I smoke weed all day. I make <laughs> money for my family. I write weird lyrics and I growl them on a death metal album. Dude. That's me. Okay. So if I'm going to be taking in all this information from all these different angles, it's like, I got to take it with like a defense of like, I'm not going to believe anybody, you know? Right. I'm, yeah. I got my fucking dukes up the whole time, but Zechariah Sitchin was a was he he put it in a in a form to where it totally made me at least think about certain things. And, oh yeah, and definitely. And, you know, um, and I can't really come off the dome right now, but we sent some fucking probes in out of our atmosphere that were going to be slingshotted out past Jupiter into the fucking unknown, and it has. You know the golden record with all the fucking music on it. The 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 <laughs> yeah. plaque that has all this, uh, all these symbols and and other shit on it that will be able to hopefully be able to communicate with whoever it lands on their planet. I love that shit. That is all juicy fucking. Mm, mm, mm. I love. I, I, I absolutely. Read I mean, just when I was young. I read Asimov when I was young. I fucking loved the alien movies. It really gets you, you know, I, just that subject matter really gets you thinking outside the box, I yeah. think, which is the main thing, to be able to accept possibilities. It doesn't mean that it's, <laughs> you know, we don't know if it's true or not or any of that, but it gets you thinking outside the box, you know, and that's what I yeah. liked about David Icke was he, even in the beginning of his, of his, you know, one of his books, he says, hey, you know, everybody has the right to be wrong. You know, but to think outside the box, you know, that's that's the true fucking, you know, to be able to think outside the box. Is, yeah, that's pretty much the genre of music that we're in is is pretty much thinking oh, outside yeah. the box. Yeah, you know? out that's of the, what it is. There's yeah, get as far out of the box as you can. That's what we're trying to do. I was, you know, <laughs> Austin. I was like, dude, like you brought you brought up mummification. I was like, oh, I forgot. I mean, I we played a bunch of shows with, with you guys too. Oh yeah, in fact, I have a. Uh, 
flyer right here. This yeah. was actually, it was supposed to be with Decrepit Birth, but Odious Mortem ended up filling in because. Uh, oh, sick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, oh wow. That was at the Gaslighter Theater. Yeah, that, that's that actually. Oh, no, it that was. Mummification oh. and embryonic devourment, sleep terror, meat oh, shits, and Decrepit Birth was supposed to play, but they couldn't do it last minute. So Odious Mortem filled in. That was Anthony's that first, sick show. That was Anthony's first that time on vocals with Odious Mortem. Was it? Oh, he wow. Came, oh, yeah, that's came, right. Yeah. yeah he, he I did, did right. half. I remember him being introduced that night. That's right. I did yeah, half yeah. of the fucking, I did the last half of that set, and that was the first fucking time, dude. Yeah. I wow. ever played live with them, dude. I had no fucking, shit. Wow. I've, I've, probably, I've probably already referenced it, but I had a Chuck Liddell mohawk. What the fuck was I doing <laughs> at that time? <laughs> he was fucking insane. You guys fucking even cool, want me in the band? Like, a Chuck Liddell, like, I had like well, this sandals guy is the best. A zero and a four, <laughs> but he's got sandals on, dude. So it's I remember thinking this guy's got some some fucking punk rock cred behind him, man. This shit's yeah. fucking sick. Yeah, I did I love fucking cool. punk rock for a while, dude. I'll say Fuck that yeah. punk was definitely uh a influential thing on me before metal, no doubt. Yep. Me too, no man. Yeah. And that's how why I loved Thrash so much in the beginning, too, dude. It's you got the same kind of progression there like were you guys doing shows with, with mummification and with embryonic or was that like separate um well like i was saying um when i left yield scabbard to pursue uh drums uh doing mummification yield scabbard they kept going and then had a style change they wanted to go more brutal and change their name to embryonic devourment okay. and so we were all bros you know and i was like Hey man, mummification's playing this show. Embryonic, you guys want to play too? They're like, fuck yeah. yeah. So, you know, a lot of the times it was just like a package deal. You know, it's like you get one of us, you get the other band, and, and we're just mm -hmm. supporting each other like that pretty much, you know? Um, That's awesome. And in fact, that embryonic devourment logo, I actually drew. Uh, you know, we're just cool. helping each other just back and forth like that. And uh, just yeah. ended up, you know, going back with back to the, you know, embryonic devourment. And um, I mean, that's, you know, pretty much where, where, where that happened. But uh, yeah, Mummification, that was, that was a great fucking fun band. Did a ton of shows, you know, with those guys. Traveled, you know, across the states many times. Um, yeah. You know, and uh, so and coming back to Embryonic Devourment, you know, um, after the Beheaded by Volition uh, thing, you know, I started getting into that whole David Icke thing. And I remember coming to band practice one day with the guys and I, I had this idea, how am I going to tell these fucking guys that I want to sing all about reptilians now? So I fucking, you know, came to practice and I was like, guys, uh, um, and this is the truth. I fucking, from reading that shit, you know, from just constantly reading those books, I had this intense fucking dream. Like just this crazy fucking dream about the reptilians fucking, you know, just weird alienistic fucking dream and, and came to the guys the next day. And I was like, guys, we're switching all the fucking lyrical content to this fucking reptilian race from another planet. And fucking that's the way it's going to be. And they're like, what? You're fucking high, dude. You're, you're fucking smoking way too much weed, bro. Like that's fucking weird. Actually, I am, but that's besides the point. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we, you know, we wrote 
that, you know, most of that Fear of Reality album, Fear of Reality Exceed Fantasy about this reptilian race. There was a couple songs that were, you know, gore inspired, but it was more so most of the chunk of the material is written about this reptilian race. And, um, and we knew Matt from Decrepit Birth by that point, you know, because he, he had checked out our beheaded EP and we loved, you know, his stuff. And um, he was like, hey, man, you know, I'm starting a, a studio. Um, if you guys ever want to record, fucking give me a holler. And I was like, I will definitely do that. So once we completed writing those songs, I gave him a call and I was like, hey, man, we want to come down to Santa Cruz and record this fucking album and uh, ended up coming down. He had just this little, little studio set up inside this uh, was a storage unit, right, Luke? Pretty sure. Yeah, it was in a, it was in a storage unit complex. Yeah. Um, that AAA? And uh, yeah. Is it the same one? Wait, no. What, what year was this? Uh, this was 2007. We did this, I think, late 2006, early 2007. I think it was, yeah, I think it was 2006, actually. Um, okay. I'm um, actually on your guys' Metal Archives page for the album. It says recorded at okay. recording uh, March 9th through March 12th, 2007. So we're actually the okay. exact 14-year yeah. anniversary nice. of one of those days of that session. Yeah. Hell yeah. Wait, so, so I did vocals. I, I'm sorry. I'm I'm kind of spaced out. Are we talking about working with Matt right now? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So I recorded vocals for the first odious demo that I did at the same fucking spot. Yeah. Yep. Oh wow. That's right. And yep. and odious used to um, rehearse there with decrepit, obviously, because we okay, were so that was the, that was the year. That's the same year span we're talking about? Uh, well, uh, no. You guys did 2007. Uh, 2005. I'm thinking it was five or four with the first demo that I did with you guys. It was 2005. Oh, wow. I don't even remember that demo. I mean, I remember, I remember hearing, uh, listening to it, but I don't remember where it was. I did or... that first 05 demo was there that where they're talking about right now. And then the kitchen demo was the next one. Yeah. Nice, trip. the kitchen demo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we literally For, actually just we should, emptied out the kitchen and just Casey set up his drums in the fucking in the kitchen and just actually had kind of cool acoustics and sounded good. It actually sounded wow, good. Wow, that's great, man. Yeah, Fuck yeah. yeah. I thought you were yeah. about to say empty out the kitchen because they're because they leveled it. You like helped. It's not level. No, it's not yeah. level. By the way, it's gonna. It's still there. They're remodeling it. Oh. Yeah, dude, yeah. you made it sound like it was. I know. Well, I didn't know. I drove by it today. A pile of rubble, dude. That's I mean, it should be, but why? Because it's like, dude, people are gonna die if like anyone lives there anymore. It's like the floors are like bending and shit. I don't know. We're going to it's the furniture <laughs> dome. It's like a it's a place we used to all live and stuff and odious crap. You brought it up, so they are yeah. remodeling it, but they're not destroying it. That's what Shara. I actually went to Shara's her uh, new place with Jared from the Archaic. I went there on Friday to check out their new brand new place that they moved out of and went into or they just moved into this place in Watsonville mm -hmm. and they said they're remodeling it for and next to it's going to be like a Walgreens or something is it going to be an apartment still uh they're just some company bought it and just gonna make it something mm -hmm. else but probably that furniture something more different. furniture store stuff probably uh, okay. <laughs> forever yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So. No, I, I, we have to touch on that. We talk about it every fucking episode now, probably. <laughs> like the furniture dome is something that we always touch on, and you, Joel Horner, propped it up as something that was going to be like 
gone forever. Well, it's emptied. It's empty. And then you're like, no, they're remodeling, dude. So I'm like, wait, we can get somebody back in there. <laughs> no, no. I mean, maybe. But I <laughs> yeah, if they it. remodel, it's gonna be like, yeah, but you gotta go three times the rent. Yeah, I, I would assume they would level that place. That place has been there since the '60s or '70s. I know. It's, it's, who, yeah. who, who? Why am I even saying save? Why it? would you even spend money on that? I'm just, anyways. <laughs> so, right, do you so guys it. still live up in the North, North California right now? Yes. You guys are all up. There. I live in, I live in Laytonville in a more remote area. And Austin lives in Willits. Where's when, when, when Luke says remote, I mean. You know, he li- he lives in the fucking mountains of Laytonville. Laytonville is this little small town surrounded by all these mountains. And Luke literally lives fucking like an hour out in the fucking mountains beyond Laytonville, pretty much. I mean, it, it's fucking secluded. Out oh, there, no, I just looked up Laytonville and then I, it immediately brought me to the Chevron. <laughs> are, you, uh, are you next to the uh, Paco's Tacos? Yes, sir, I am. Oh, Nando <laughs> Trim Tools. <laughs> it immediately like yeah. shot into a Chevron. Like on Google Maps, it's like, this is where you want to go, dude. This is you the have place. located Luke. <laughs> yeah. The only gas station down. You can get gas and sustenance here, dude. Yep. Yeah. And then it's like, if you need to go to the Red Fox Casino, you can, but we're just going oh, yeah. down at the Chevron. Damn, well, that's the Red Fox. Way dude, it's for us, so does funny. the Red Fox get dirty or what, dude? Uh, that's, uh, that's on the Indian reservation there. I should say Native American Reservation, uh, right there. Uh, that is a pretty cool fucking place. Some we used to go there back in the day with these fucking ten dollar match plays, and sometimes yeah, we'd be able play. to score a little bit of fucking beer money and go and get fucked up off those fucking ten dollar match my, plays. Dude, <laughs> no. I uh, I got grand. My grandparents live on Cobb Mountain up near uh, Clear Lake. And oh they, wow, yeah, yeah we can go so, that. that. Dude, uh, Native American reservation casinos are what it's all about, dude. Oh yeah, and you can. Yeah, yeah. You can get to some where it's like it's like the ceilings just as low as any other house, and people are just like every slot machine has a cigarette puffing off yep. of it, and you're just like, <laughs> dude, I'm like, I, I gotta get out of here. I can't. Yeah. Fucking That's how one is. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's one for like twenty room. minutes. <laughs> Joel and I, we go to, uh, we've been to Thunder Valley Casino Thunder Valley. a few times up uh, in Lincoln, and uh, yep. that's actually like one of the, one of the more like Vegas feeling, uh, you know, casinos oh, nice. that are in California. Dude, if you ever make it up there, go to fucking Thunder. They Valley. have cool concerts. They have like cool like summer series concerts. They had Allison Chains there. They had oh, Mastodon, Mastodon of Primus. I saw there. Oh yeah. damn! Yeah, I saw some cool shows out there. Just randomly, they have these like they set up an outdoor state like kind of like a amphitheater thing and fucking they have one or two cool shows shows a season that come to hey man those casino gigs pay well my i played played one with my dad actually sometimes i help my dad out you know playing playing blues rock type stuff and uh fuck i mean me and my dad went to this casino just right here in willits and played a show in about an hour and a half i made eight hundred dollars i mean yeah, nice, a fucking death metal doesn't pay that yeah, <laughs> yeah. no at least that's a tour yeah exactly the net profit from a tour fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. between five dudes yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah split between five dudes. it all goes yeah. back to the next shirt printing yeah. <laughs> exactly Hey, but it's not about the money, bros. Why are we sitting here talking no. about it right now in our fucking late 30s? You know, we're fucking, as long as we make enough to print money. more merch, I'm happy. 
exactly yeah. just put it into the band do the band stuff as long as the, the albums get released and the merch gets printed i mean that's all i mean give me some shirts that's pretty much yeah. what i want like i want, <laughs> yeah. I want to wear like a like cool i want to sh- like I, I was on this this is this is my shirt that's it yeah it's, it's all about the memories for me like yeah our trip to europe you know some of the best memories totally. i'll ever fucking have musically is is some of those shows in europe Oh yeah, and, you know. Sometimes it's not even the shows; it's just the the times you had with the people. Yep. You know, every every time you go on tour with a package, you know, you become like a little family, sort of. Exactly. And like they're the only people you're around, really. The the people in each town that you see are kind of like a blur, but then the the one constant every day is is the other bands on the, the tour and the traveling circus, dude. You know, yeah, record labels. <laughs> Record labels are basically like banks that give you a loan. With zero, you know, that's basically, basically Joseph, what yeah. Joseph, yeah. I'm going to turn it on you real quick. Just side curveball question. Uh, listening to your recent podcast, you said you've been on five tours with Transcending. Dude, what's your fucking... Tell uh, us some cool stories about that or one awesome story about the one of those five tours, dude. Oh, uh, fuck. Um, well, so full disclosure, those include even tours as short as like four four dates Dude, so yeah that's no. like all know. right so we'll say five four, what constitutes a tour runs. by the way what is it is it after three shows is it a tour i would say fashion. that's yeah that's that's a good <laughs> um but um i actually have a good story about playing up in nor norcal and um in eureka or arcada and oh um, yeah we were going all di on our first tour no amps uh because we're a fucking lame ass tech death fan <laughs> Um, and, uh, you know, there was a, a mer- like a, a guy who said he would like do the door for us at this venue and people kind of warned us. They're like, don't trust that guy. But he was like, yeah, I usually do it, you know, and I'll just, I'll just take like 10%, whatever. And we're like, oh, we're, we're total noobs. So whatever. And, um, we play the show and, uh, he gets super hammered and, uh, loses all the money he claims, you know, he's like, I don't know what happened to it. And like, um, uh, <laughs> But at the same time, we were going all DI, so we we totally blew out the uh, house PA. It was like smoking Perfect. and shit. <laughs> there it is. Uh, we didn't we didn't tell them that, and we didn't ask for the money and make a big deal out of it, and we just fucking bailed the fuck out of there. So. It's like a karma situation. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you know, ties to NorCal, and and you know, we'll play another show and redeem ourselves up there. But uh, yeah, dude, I love that area, and uh, I. Uh, that's that's my one tour memory I'll share, and and when we get the chance. I was gonna say that place anymore. sounds like it wouldn't uh, be able to survive after that, really. So you just took down that business, dude. So it doesn't <laughs> you know, once the PA goes, they were probably like, dude, we're out, dude. Had a bad business model. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I I, I don't want to exaggerate. It wasn't like smoking up, but like it was a little like, what's going on? The sounds cracking. Probably a speaker or something. But uh, yeah. Anyway, I if you know, I wanted to ask you guys if you remember playing the Blue Lagoon in Santa Cruz on a 2013 show with uh, Gorod. I do. In oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So my black metal ish band at the time, Forest Muse, we opened that show up, and I remember okay, yeah. we're total noobs again, even newbier than what I was just saying, and. Um, <laughs> I remember like Luke, you came up to me after the set because I was like taking my symbols off before I was pulling the stands off. And you were like, hey, oh, can no, you speed things up a little? <laughs> and I, you're like, this is a death metal show. And I'm like, 
oh yeah for sure dude you're right and that i've lesson learned never did that again but uh that was my only time playing no absolutely (laughs) not you were in the right because it's like there was a four band bill and we were totally the kook noob like slow and shit i've learned how to be nicer about those kind of things now though after working with the public more you know, I can I can kind of tell someone something like that without sounding like such a dick. I'd probably sorry if I made you uncomfortable. Oh, dude, that's that's the apology I've been waiting eight years. For. <laughs> Just kidding. That's the whole reason why we got this together, actually, dude. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't you think that you were, uh, you know, being a dick about it. I think uh, it was just uh, probably the normal way that well, you say you something like noticed. that. probably noticed. I think um, you know when 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 we play shows and stuff, Luke really likes to just make sure that shit is flowing smoothly as far as like, you know, the, the stage and the breakdown goes and all that kind of stuff. And, um, yeah, I think at that point, Luke was just in full on tour mode. <laughs> oh, yeah, just, yeah. You know, like, Are you guys on that tour or just playing that show of that tour? Do you remember? I, actually, that show. I think, yeah, I think that at that point it was just that show. Um, but we, just we from gave free, a place to crash and a place to practice while they were on tour. Oh, sweet. Yeah. 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 Gorod actually came over to our practice studio and uh, uh, we let them use our, our equipment and our practice space so that they could kind of get ready for, for the tour they're about to do. Up um, in, 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 in your area? In yeah, up in our area, just in Little <laughs> Willis. They, they came to our fucking practice studio. <laughs> that was really weird. The, <laughs> to, to start out the tour and they did one practice and then they jumped on the tour and then we, uh, they came back around at the end. Uh, I think that Santa Cruz show was the end of yeah. their yep. tour. Like it yep. they were going back to the airport after that. It wasn't the original part of the original tour. They booked it while they were out. I remember because I got the oh, call wow. from the, the guitarist of Inanimate I knew at the time, like asked if we wanted to play it and they were scheduling it because I guess Gora had enough time to do it. But how sick are Gora, dude? They're like the coolest band Jesus. ever, dude. I love that. So I love Gora. I was going to just spin this into a quick story movie. about playing with them at Maryland Death Fest. Um, <laughs> that was the first time. No, dude, that was a fucking to sick pee. fucking. <laughs> no, no, no. The, I talk about our performance or their performance? No, Gora no. was sick. We were. Yeah, I'm going to spin this from <laughs> going to Gora to talking about how shitty we played at Maryland Death Fest. <laughs> yeah. That's the uh, direction I was gonna go. We just go, messed dude. up one song. It's not. <laughs> I don't joke. Like, I'll, I'll tell you what. Always look at that song. set negatively. He'll always look at that set negatively. I think we fucking crushed the rest of that. We well, just... Joel's a perfectionist, and that's we cool. were. <laughs> dude, <laughs> we were. Well, at that time, we were like super, like, oh, dude, we could totally do caverns, but no, no, I brought up gorod because how sick they were yeah, who cares and about us it's all about gorod. side, side yeah. note side note they their were bass player great their bass dude, player plays happens. barefoot dude so God what's damn, up that band is he's so in my sick dude. he's in my fucking crew dude. they had that they had and, that female drummer too back then oh, yeah. Yeah, wow that's right dude, dude totally yeah. it up dude. so yeah. They're, yeah. they're from yeah. france right like yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah dude i love gorod so much Wait. We oh, actually got to tour players. with that uh, with that bass player uh, in Europe. He he was playing in a band called uh, Nader Sadek. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. And and that yeah, and, uh, Nader Sadek had a uh, ex guitarist from Morbid Angel uh, in yep. the group at that time, uh, along with Hannes Grossman, actually from Necrophagist. So I mean, we didn't even know he was going to be on the tour when we got on that tour bus and saw that dude. We we're like, oh fuck. <laughs> like, can we, we get we the back step of the up plane? our game, Luke? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> it was one of the most intimidating tours I'd ever been on. I got Mike fucking Heller, 
playing with malignancy and I got yeah. Hannes Grossman <laughs> in here on the same fucking tour bus as me and like and you're sandwiched I, right in the middle like what the yeah fuck? oh man <laughs> brutal it was it was yeah it was really well obviously dude if you're on that bill dude you should be sitting right there with those dudes right i hope so no uh, it already happened yeah 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 yeah. no luke Luke did luke did awesome man you know i look you sometimes you downplay your drumming dude but you were fucking holding it down brother shit was the last seven shows of that europe tour were all pretty locked in where like every show the the second whole second half of the tour and that's how it goes sometimes, that's I guess. That's a good feeling, right, dude? When you get but, in the yeah. pocket. Yeah. Putting together yeah. a string of shows like that. Yeah, it's really nice. <laughs> and then the to la- top it off at the end with Netherlands Death Fest. You remember that? That was fucking pretty, one of the most, pretty sick, yeah, man. One of the biggest shows we ever played. We played at 1 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon in front of the uh, – we were in the side room, like second band for the whole thing on Sunday afternoon, last day of the fest, and the place was packed. Fuck there yeah. was like it, the the side room had a 700 person capacity and the whole place was full was it, it was the amazing. neurotic death fest or the netherlands death fest it was netherlands. the netherlands death fest, the second annual netherlands oh, okay. death fest in, gotcha. in 2017 gotcha. yeah actually the last time i hung out with uh hannes we played uh it was like in some part of germany but it was like a last second venue change and we, we it was a cryptopsy decrepit uh unmerciful Oh and, wow! Nice. And it was Munich, 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 a Munich, and yes. like there was probably yeah. like six people there. Yeah, yeah, and dude, uh, because I, it was yeah. like a last second. And remember, like, like Matt was all jamming out, like, oh, like all stoked, and he was all fuck yeah, and like flicked out his pick. Yeah, and then like after everyone <laughs> left, like we went out, we were all drinking, like in the and, <laughs> and we just and I was like, hey Matt, here's your pick, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he's like, I knew exactly <laughs> where that was going, dude. Uh, <laughs> so good. Later on that Got night, it on the fr- on the ground. Yeah, yeah, it's just right there. I'm like, hey, here's your pick back, dude. Here you go. <laughs> yeah, dude, I got a funny story about that. So like that 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 particular like club venue place like they had like Loving showers nerds. but yeah. there was like there was like the upstairs showers that had heat and then there was like the downstairs ones and it got like before the show and so like you know like it, it they, they ran out of like space or heat up, uh, you know, so they started sending us to the like the downstairs shower so i'm like okay cool and i'm cruising down the stairs and i hear someone screaming like the like ah, ah, what the fuck's going on and i come in there and it's dan taking a shower in, at that venue, like downstairs, <laughs> in the freezing cold. Oh, oh you're saying oh, heat fuck. is soaping <laughs> up cold and then water. he would go okay, in the okay. freeze. He's like, ah, like, yeah, the cold water. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was just like, dude, is he, what the fuck is going on, dude? Like, Whatever then, it takes yeah. to be clean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Then, I, then I did it too, and it was just like, ah, like you just, it's so cold. You just have to go for it. You know? Your wiener just got a little small, and you just got to yell it out, dude. That's how, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's how no. it goes. <laughs> Oh, dude, yeah, it was so funny. And then, yeah, we were hanging out with Hannes a bunch, and that was a funny ass show. But it was, it yeah. was a cool stage. Like it was, yeah, it was a red stage, but it was just like no there. one like knew we were there. <laughs> no, we did one of those one of those kind of shows in Europe too, man. There was one particular show where there was pretty much no one there. Yeah, like you said, probably about five or six people. In fact, where was we it? Just uh, may have been Germany. Yeah, yeah. Um, and on a Monday we felt you know we felt bad you know I think all the bands felt bad for each other so while while Malignancy was playing all the bands fucking decided we're gonna go 
pick up Danny from Malignancy and fucking make him crowd surf. So all the bands just went and grabbed him off the stage and just fucking tossed him around the room and shit and just like kind of made our own show out of it, you know? It what became a memory every night yeah. where someone would crowd surf. The tour package would just like make a couple people crowd surf. Totally. Like those are yeah, actually for some the of the whole rest of the tour. I think we did that. Those are some of the funnest, actually, like underrated shows where there's just no one there and totally. the whole package is there and just like everyone's like, fuck it, let's have fucking fun. I don't fucking care. Yep. Just, like I, I remember one time we uh yeah, took uh, a we, day we, off. Suff- yeah, suffocation. We were actually it wasn't even we weren't even playing, but it was with the DRI. And it was like probably I don't know twenty people there with DRI, and we're like the wow. whole tour package. Like we showed up there because it was Jackson, Virginia, and we're like, you know what? Let's, we're gonna go see the DRI show. We have a day off. Let's go fucking party with them, and hang out. And um, we go there, and there's no one there, and we're like, fucking tour package mosh pit. Just got all the whole tour package in there, and just fucking crushed <laughs> that pit, dude. Just like fucking like everyone, you know, just going backwards in the pit with like Terrence and shit, and just like they're just like ripping <laughs> oh, yeah. it apart. Fuck yeah, it's so much fun. It's like. One of the ones I always look back on, but it's not, you know, we played for the, the big sold out ones, which is cool. But like the fucking the, the shitty no one there ones, you know, that's that's it, where you become family. You know, those, totally. are, those are the family moments right there, dude. Totally. Yeah. yeah. No, that's that's definitely one of the more. Yeah. It's where you guys all like basically combine and you're like, this is fucking whatever. Let's have fun. And then yep. we played with bands before that are like, we're not playing blah, blah. blah and we're like, Pfft we're fucking playing like there's a one guy yeah, here. we're playing yeah. for that we're playing for that one guy dude like we're yep. gonna fucking play even if we don't get paid we're here we're like we're gonna fucking jam out this one guy is psyched on seeing us let's fucking and jam that dude's know? gonna comment on your podcast youtube videos like i was that <laughs> one guy there dude oh i remember there was yeah. he had a there was two, actually it was two guys one time and they, they both had like odious stickers on their heads and they were just like up oh front, shit just fucking, i remember that yeah, yeah. like in rochester uh, new york Austin. right yeah oh austin's mentor it was like was a awesome arcade or something, right? We played like an arcade. Yeah, yeah. In Rochester. It was a last-second venue change. One of but those. But then, you, th- then you think about like Lethargy, which is pre-Mastodon. That was right there, dude. In Rochester, New York. That's where. Yeah. That's probably okay. a venue they fucking played. Oh yeah, that's a yeah the the Penny Arcade in Rochester. That's actually a pretty Luke well-known spot. Did you guys oh, say wow. you, you played out in Rochester, or have you guys done? Uh, well, we have played New York. I don't think it was Rochester. Uh, the, yeah. the place we played was like, we show up to this fucking place and, and the, we're like, where's the club? It was just the vacant lot. And the guy was like, oh, yeah. oh the, the club is down here. It was actually <laughs> underground. So fucking walk oh, down this flight of steps underneath the fucking street. Damn. And it was like, looked like a fucking sewer box or some shit <laughs> like, like mirrors on the ceiling that were all broken and fuck we're like yeah. wow this is new york man fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah. um no but i was just gonna take it back to um we we uh went to record with matt yeah um and fucking we get down there and uh it turned out that it was a way different uh recording sound and experience in, in fact uh compared to to with Juan, you know, Luke wanted to to sound more natural. He wanted a more natural tone. You know, Juan wanted, you know, to trigger everything and and that was that like high tech fucking sick death metal sound. But on the Fear of Reality release, Luke was wanting to go a little more natural and and Matt actually agreed. He's like, dude, you know, Luke is a a really, you know, artsy guy on the drums. That people should should hear that you know let's just go with this like uh, natural drum sound you know um 
And so that's why the Fear of Reality album came out sounding the way it did. We just kind of went with a more natural tone. Luke fucking used to think a piccolo snare on that one, didn't you, Luke? Or it's a piccolo? It's old pork pie. It's a 12 incher. Oh, was it? Okay. And it's, uh, it's the same thing I used for uh, this last album. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And uh, so, yeah, we got to record with Matt. That was super fucking cool for us because I, I, I'm not sure how many other bands he's recorded. Um, but yeah, yeah, he got he to did fucking. Our first album, he did a Devouring. Oh, nice. Yeah, in 2004, in March, we recorded with Matt. Yeah. And then you guys. And there's that band Element. Yeah. yeah and then I, oh, yeah, uh, Element. Yeah. Well, Matt and I, yeah, exactly. That was an interesting process. Yeah. We, did you play drums for Element? Yeah, I did that recording. Uh, and oh, wow. Um, what was the dude's name? Um, I can't like, remember everyone's like name. Adam but, or something? I forget his name. Um, but yeah, we did it at AAA Mini Store, like in that, that practice studio. Oh, cool. Yeah. Sweet. Makes sense then. That's what's the where... Uh, is Mason? Ported. Mason, yeah. Mason, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mason was there, but that was it. And then the rest of it was worked out with them. I just... Whatever happened whatever with part, that they, band? They're just like pulled my shirt and i just played a drum beat they pulled on my shirt <laughs> yeah. Says, yeah. you know totally that's my job whatever happened with that that just band just disintegrated after that right mason i don't know man band. i love their music though but yeah they did an album called the energy where heard. he programmed the drums oh, okay i don't know if i've heard that i should check that out yeah awesome. that was 2010 sick and that mason's was the last, last thing name. they did mason uh gregory Okay. I'm going to look him up and hassle him on Facebook. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, then how did the Fear of Reality album get uh, accepted or, or received, I guess? Well, we we uh, we had Tony Cole do the artwork, and so then we sent, you know, some CDs out to some record labels along with that Tony Cole art, you know, just trying to shop it around, see, you know, what it would do, and uh, ended up scoring a little – record label deal with um uh, deep send records um and so they they were doing some stuff where they were you know putting out some gore guts uh reissues another band called uh despised icon they put out um yeah a few few other pretty cool death metal releases as well um in fact they released uh ulcerate i don't know if you guys yeah, have heard of ulcerate oh yeah, yeah. they oh, put out yeah. some of their some of the i think one of the first ulcerate out they they did the first one if i'm not mistaken yeah i remember um uh, deep send records on a few really i i can't put all the bands together but definitely was one of those record labels when you're flipping through cds you're like oh deep send records i better check this look look this over a little more thoroughly you know, I might he had a thing where uh, Century Media allowed him to re-release -re certain albums on vinyl, where they weren't really oh, that's right. yeah. putting out vinyl albums at the time, and so they were like letting him, licensing him, like one album at a time to just do a one and done. I may be and speaking so out of turn real quick. Cyclone. Sorry, there's a Cryptopsy album that was also put out, re-released, Blasphemy Made Flesh. I think oh, yeah. there's a re-release on Deep Send as well. I'm sorry yep. to. Yep. The, uh, I'm on my fourth beer, Luke. I'm sorry, dude. I just started. I just hit the gas, dude, and I'm like, if I run over, so I'm like, oh, dude. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> I think kind I of like, like our, our whole how our fucking podcast works is that me and Anthony just get progressively more drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's I think that's kind of like how it works now. Chevron parking lot. 
Fuck yeah. <laughs> I've got this I've got this highway patrol sitting in at the gas pumps behind me right now. He's probably yeah. it'd be a great time. I, I'll, I'll do live on the podcast getting arrested. I was actually uh <laughs> I was thinking like while you were sitting there, I was like, dude, it, you were talking about lighting up that joint. Like, what if you lit it up the worst time and a highway patrol? And just, just keep it rolling. Now, I actually, what happens? I actually just had it in my hand, and I and I looked in my mirror, and then I, I stuck it back in my little my little stash spot here. Just don't look at him. Oh, I mean, or stare at him. Stare at him. I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I actually. What I we're saying is, we want minimum up. charges, yeah. but if it happens, dude. <laughs> Thanks for the views, bro. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. That's fucked up. I'm just I'll try joking. To ask him. Obviously, I'm joking. Just ask him Get if him he knows about Cannibal Corpse. Yeah. Ask him what bands he's listened to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Austin, I, I I admire your dedication to the the Cali Death history, dude, and like keeping us on track because you have a lot of history and it's it's keeping this podcast going and it's <laughs> fucking fun man so if you want to if you want to keep us on track go ahead dude I'm uh, so yeah with that fear reality album we it got signed to uh to deep send records and that we just started you know i additionally started you know promoting it myself i just decided hey why does only you know the record label have to do this i'm gonna fucking help out the record label i'm gonna fucking send it out too so i was you know, with, with the albums they gave us, I was uh, establishing distribution deals with all kinds of other labels, including Unique Leader. You know, uh, we weren't on Unique Leader, but <clears throat> Eric was happy to fucking take some albums into his distribution. And and uh, and I sent some, you know, to Nuclear Blast, a, a bunch of fucking labels all over the world, just did trades with bands, stuff like that, and just kept pumping and pumping it. Um, <clears throat> and then... Uh, yeah, we did uh, another album after that, Vivid Interpretations of the Void. And at that point, we went ahead and signed a management deal with EMG Management, uh, which scored us a fucking awesome tour with uh, it was Decrepit Birth, Origin, Cattle Decapitation, Aborted, Rings of Saturn, and Battlecross. Wow. So we got to we got to go on that tour, man, and that was like holy fuck man super we're stacked fucking, we're doing it yeah. <laughs> um that was a really fun though. time it really did but it was good for us you know the, the vivid interpretation era uh very memorable time for me in our history at least uh, so for a stacked bill like that was it a summer slaughter or something like that or what was it it, it wasn't a summer slaughter it was, it was called uh it was called occupation domination oh yeah 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 yep and uh yeah did a did a fucking big long string of shows uh with that and uh that really fucking opened our eyes to how to make a tour um run smooth you know uh and and how to help each other out help all the other bands they would help us out you know just really uh absorb that family dynamic and um fucking cool tour man just you know made a lot of good contacts on that tour and uh yeah dude the camaraderie got, got to, and... yeah got to watch our heroes work you know every fucking night man it was, oh, yeah. it was awesome you're learning you're you're growing down what? 
Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> he just broke down too hard. Dude. He just broke. <laughs> he's right out. Look at that. Just lost. lost it it felt like we were like we were in fucking in in class, you know. It felt like we were in death metal school. Or something like that. Yeah. So cool. You want to make a good impression, so you try to help out as much as you can, making the show go smoothly, helping the other bands load on stage, especially the headliners. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, all the drummers had their own drum set for this seven band bills with sometimes with openers so yeah. there was a lot of work to be done and it was a real good opportunity for us to cut our teeth and for you know for a lot of the people involved they've never been around us before so they get to get a good first impression of us you know being team players for the tour helping out however we can totally and uh, we continued that you know with our tour in europe in 2017 where you know you just work hard and you just show that you're there at the back of the fucking the 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 gear trailer every yep. night fucking to un every afternoon to load into the venue and every night after fucking we're done to to pack it back in and you're there and you're doing that work and and people will notice it yep and one of the one right. of the things we did was was we brought a shit ton of fucking weed <laughs> fucking just like <laughs> yeah that'll do it we're throwing weed everywhere man you know just to all the bands just smoking out everybody as much as we could you know just fucking we, we wanted to be the weed guys of that tour you know so felt like we contributed good amount yeah, of thc when you're like uh <laughs> like a you know opening band on uh, basically like as de when i jumped into decrepit we uh we got that black dolly tour uh, like really pretty much i had two weeks to practice as i'm on a black dolly murder tour and it's already sold out every show is already ready to go sold out wow. and we're like these fucking like rookies pretty much like we've done a bloodletting tour and that's about it and like all of a sudden you we're on this like two weeks to practice for that? yeah because i remember i had to f i mean i did but you you had the hard like job my, my memory is pretty good <laughs> i had i had yeah. i mean you had the hard job i had the the bass playing job but i was like oh, whatever um yeah it's so crazy it's yeah, just crazy like and, and just continue. jumping into the whole um jumping into the whole like how everything works on a professional tour with a set times and load up load in uh getting your stuff off in time for the next band like that was like really important to us just not, like not being that okay. annoying band that kept yeah. people like or fucked up their exactly. set times or, or and, and you know we we toured with other bands that were like and i'll call them out right now because i love them a uh, flesh got apocalypse one time we toured with them and um they were like they were still so new and, and green and they were like going over the set times and blah, blah blah and then like like they were making all the like mistakes in the beginning and and they, they jumped on par and they started you know basically getting their shit together i see them two years later i'm sorry i'm sorry five or six years later and they're like the most professional band i've ever seen i'm like wow like i saw them live i saw in and the drummer is now the singer playing guitar um one of my bros and like I like watched them up there, and I was like sitting there with my mouth open, like you guys are fucking so good, like so professional. And your whole stage show has a whole like there's like in between songs, there's classical music playing, and like oh, yeah. talks to the crowd. And I'm just like, holy fuck, you guys are the best live band now. Like for like oh, having yeah. your full like stage show together. I was like, I went backstage and was like, you guys are fucking amazing now. Like, but that's one of those things you need to be thrown to the fire need to be yelled at you just need to be embarrassed and then like you'll yeah. just not do it again you know what i mean that's just yeah, what happens totally. that's just the what equivalent happens. of bombing as a comedian you gotta bomb yeah dude. yeah 
You just need a bunch of people to be mad at you for a little while, and then you'll not do it again. Oh, dude, I've never <laughs> been embarrassed in my life, <laughs> especially in music uh, on stage. I've never been embarrassed yeah. ever. Yeah, I mean, kidding. that's pretty much when you get thrown into the fire like that and you get embarrassed yeah. once in front of a bunch of eyes staring at you, you'll never do it again. So uh, yeah. I remember jokes I made in between our- songs where I'm just like, oh. What a fucking idiot! Yeah. <laughs> and you gotta, like, going into going. the next song, like you yeah. fucking asshole. <laughs> I recall one of our toughest shows, one of our probably worst shows, was um, maybe cut. And the reasons why it was our, one of our worst shows was the L.A. Murder Fest. Remember that, Austin? Uh, like, oh man, we 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 all stayed up way too late the night before, and and a couple of people in the band probably partied a little too much, but. The worst thing was that we were in this parking garage like all morning the day we played, just breathing exhaust fumes. And and then we go on stage and there's like 200 people packed in this room and we just played like shit. And the worst, it was, it was the worst part because it's like, this is your chance. You're in LA and the show is packed and fucking this is it, dude. You do good here and you'll fucking get more opportunities and and it didn't happen for us that night it sucked and so that's did you finish all your songs during that set we played through all our songs yes we didn't stop but you know you got that for you (laughs) yeah there was definitely some bad spots while we were playing like us looking at each other while flailing like what are we doing where are we i have no idea what you're doing i can't hear you yeah that's the whole that's the ropes dude that's the ropes yep yeah but you know fast forward to like our last tour last year with internal bleeding and like for me personally i thought it was one of our overall best tours from top to bottom because you know the turnouts were decent pretty much every night our merch sales were good we didn't have any merch left when we got home from tour fuck yeah and our performances were pretty solid almost the entire tour um, the only downside was some vehicle problems, but we didn't miss any shows. And so, and we all got along. There was no arguments. There was no, no arguments with anybody back home while we were gone. Even so, with vehicle problems, you still held it together. That's, that's when you know things are good. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. yeah, dude. When yeah. shit's going wrong with your car and you're making little to no money and your stuff's in that van with all the dudes and you guys can still hold it down yeah so that shows a lot you know because believe me dude it's easy to get fucking short and and irritable on in car situations car yeah, every part of your personality <laughs> spectrum gets exposed on tour it totally. you know you're 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 you'll be at your happiest and then you'll be at your unhappiest and oh, you have yeah. to like share that with the people in the van with you without totally without wanting to kill them or without them wanting to kill you exactly no, that that, that brings out an effort. That, yeah, brings out year, all like the. Me. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I was so trained for the uh, the severed thing, even though I've never done many tours. You know, I've only done two full scale ones. I was I was trained for the severed one simply for the fact that I just grew up with them and and knew that not grew up with them, but like in the scene, my my whole progression was with them along my side you know and then eventually being in the band and so the van situation there was totally chill the whole fucking time even with oleg 
And even it's so funny. Our, our merch guy was a guy, James, who went to high school with me. So it's like, I had everybody in there that I was like, I'm, I'm good. No matter what happens, like this little bubble that's in this van, as long as we keep this bitch on the road, we're good. The best part. Yeah. Oh, when yeah. you know, like, like shit's like going so bad that you could just sit back and just laugh about it and have a good time. Oh like, yeah. That's what the best. That's like, you know, like it could be, more stress, more arguments, more whatever, or we'd be like, this is ridiculous. This is so bad. Like, let's go fucking, let's go have fun. Fuck this, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's, you know, yeah. Shit, I remember, I remember the first night of that fucking occupation domination tour. Uh, fucking, we, we played in Texas, and uh, me, me and Lauren, uh, the guitar player at the time, were just fucking drinking 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 after we played we were so stoked to be on that tour and we, we actually played a pretty good set that night and we're just like fuck it let's get fucking drunk let's fucking celebrate bro yeah and man the next day i was <laughs> both of us were just fucking puking the whole wow. entire fucking day right up to the point of the show i literally went up on stage and i was like Bleh, you know off to the side fucking puking and yeah <laughs> i mean you, you learn pretty fucking quick what what to do and what not to do i didn't do that again for the whole rest of the tour man it was like fuck yeah that was, set, uh, don't take a shot of jaeger that'll definitely make you re like during the next song you're like i might throw up right now but i gotta keep oh yeah going. and you're the vocalist so you're doing vocals like uh, i feel like i might throw up <laughs> you're as you're doing fecal filiac <laughs> fall back <laughs> Shit addiction. You just poop your pants like <laughs> fucking poop your mouth. <laughs> you, you guys ever yeah, fart yeah. up on oh, stage? Wait, can we wait real yes. quick? I just have to re-quote right, Joel here. Back into hiding. Fucking poop your mouth. <laughs> fucking poop your mouth. Dude. You guys need to uh do do uh get schizo on the Cali. They're not really Cali death metal, but you need to get schizo on the podcast and just talk about puke for two hours. <laughs> We'll do that yeah, as yeah. a bonus, a bonus episode. I think that one will last about three, five minutes, maybe. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. So yeah, fucking, you know, uh, after, after the Vivid album, uh, we fucking had, we needed to finish out our contract with uh, Deep Send Records. We owed them uh, one more fucking album. So we recorded um, Reptilian Agenda uh went with that name because that's the fucking name or that's the the term that david ike kept using throughout all his books you know david ike actually caught wind of it and fucking invited me and uh, and uh the guitar player of our band at that time to one of his fucking seminars we got to fucking go and meet david ike he's like so you you guys are this weird fucking band that's <laughs> talking about my books you know i've been talking about his ideas and stuff for fucking years and and finally meeting him and him giving me the go ahead to to you know further talk about his his stuff was was awesome. Could we ever get Obi to meet Ray Kurtzviel? That would be rad. Yeah, that would be rad, dude. Now that you think about it, totally because he I put Obi and Ray Kurzweil in the singularity in the same little pocket because that's the person who shepherded that information to me. You know. Oh Did wow. You, yeah. Obi was like, check out the singularities near. And I was like, oh shit, I had no idea this kind of thought was happening right now. And I'm still, don't even try and get, 
three and a half beers, you guys are going to try and tell me, get me to talk about the singularity right now? Come on. Bro. No, no. Anthony, no one's asking you to talk about the singularity. Joseph, you totally, you're demanding it right now. You're fucking, you, I feel like I'm letting you down. I want, I want you to talk about a multiplicity, no single anything. Oh, yet. dude, the oh. multiplicity. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, I can go on that, that right for there. three more hours, dude. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, dudes, this has been. I think we are we are we caught up? Can we talk about the album that you guys are working on uh, or finishing up? Yeah, we. Um, so yeah, we have eight new songs that we're in the in the process of recording. Luke has already recorded his drums. Uh, we decided to go uh, back with uh, Juan. Uh, oh, sick. Yeah, uh, you know, just because he he's been there for us throughout the years, I feel like you know he kind of understands us. Um, and and we're at this point, we're just not too, too scared and nervous to work around him. You know, when we when we went and recorded with Matt, um, you know, awesome experience and everything. But at the same time, we're like, fuck, we gotta play our instruments in front of this guy. This guy's the master. Like, fuck, man. <laughs> shit so but with Juan you know um it's, it's really super comfortable with him because we've been recording with him for for years now yeah. um mm -hmm. and uh so yeah Luke has has finished all his drums he played it all to you know a, a click map um which was really hard for for us to kind of figure out how to do we've done it before we did that with the reptilian agenda album uh but this time around there was just a bunch of weird tempo changes and shit that we had to figure out and and Juan really dug in there and figured out exactly what Luke was doing and you know adjusted tempos here and there and just really made it work for us um I, and then I went in and I've recorded uh guitar tracks for five songs so far um and I'm supposed to go down next weekend and uh record the, the final three tracks uh, all rhythm guitars um and then I'm going to be doing the bass guitar uh, myself and also the vocals and then I want to call up you know just some friends and guests to to come do guitar solos uh, on the album so I'm trying to see who I can uh, get to do for that uh, just to kind of you know mix it up on the solo aspect I'm not a very good soloist you know so that's fun <clears throat> that's still fun yeah we you know bringing in homies to do stuff on your shit is always fun dude yeah, you know, all the, all the rappers, you know, they're, they're always calling up their homies. Totally, like, hey, we want to feature you on this track. And it's like, man, metal needs to do that more. You know, we need and to that, fucking call up our homies and fucking, you know, collaborate shit. We've talked yeah. about that before here, that it's happening yeah, yeah, a it's, little it's, more. Yeah, it's happening. Yeah, exactly. It's happening more and more nowadays. Solos is, and cool. vocal spots. But yeah, definitely both. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like this, this new stuff we're writing, um, even though... It's just me and Luke now, pretty much, you know. Um, and there's there's a couple different reasons for that. Uh, and and one of the good things about it is that me and Luke have really been able to just like, I'll churn out a riff, and Luke's like, boom, here's the drums for it, and that's that. There's no question with with other instrumentalists in the band on trying to explain the feeling behind that riff and why I want to play that riff, and yeah. you know, there's no. So it's just it came together really good and i feel like this is definitely the strongest fucking material yet it's just totally brutal sick fast lots of you know weird tempo changes there's 
you know, songs that are super catchy. And then there are songs where you're like, whoa, what the fuck is that? Like, that's some weird fucking jazzy shit right there, you know? Um, so just, it's a really good mix of all the elements from all our past releases and this, you know, new new style that's happening uh, with me and Luke as a two-piece. It just, I'm, I'm really digging it. Like, this is the first release um, of, of material where I feel like, hey, man, I would buy that. I would go into a store and, and fucking buy that. You know, and I haven't oh, felt yeah. like that with our our past releases. I haven't felt like I want to go buy that. You know, I, I felt good about them, but this is the one where I'm like, fuck yeah, I would definitely purchase that. That's, that's like that. I mean, yeah. that's the yeah. whole reason why you keep making music, dude. That's exactly totally. the reason why you make it is because you're you're shooting for that feeling of okay, this is actually something that I it's not necessarily that but it's just like as a creative or as a musician as an artist making shit whatever if we were totally satisfied with our shit we would stop doing it you know yeah it's like it's yeah. it, you're there's That's something a good point that, there's a yeah, target wanna, that we're never ever gonna hit. further there's a target we're never ever gonna hit and that's why we're gonna keep doing this shit until we can't anymore you know totally unless you can hit the first fret of the lowest string and the last fret of the highest string at the same time with one hand <laughs> then you know <laughs> it's you still more striving. to be done <laughs> <laughs> gotta grow that finger dude you gotta grow that, that arm finger, yeah. <laughs> arm finger. <laughs> a really big fucking fingernail <laughs> I think it's fair to say we're all going to check out your album and we're really excited to hear it when it comes out. Oh, no out. doubt. Hell I'll yeah, probably review yeah. it because I, I try to review albums these days. So I'll throw a little review on the website. That we Hell have. yeah, man. Yeah. Thanks for having us on, man. Oh, you know, we, we we really fucking respect you guys. Um, you know, we I think me and Luke were both a little nervous, you know, because you guys are our heroes, you know. Um, <laughs> you guys are so, you guys are just as sick man you fuck? guys have been there like since we've from you know, the beginning all those shows yeah, that we've dude, ever played like our, our beginning shows you guys you guys were are you guys were <laughs> equals man it's not yeah hell yeah bro fuck the most yeah, nervous ever in my life and my, my most nervous truth, i've ever played man. a show in my life you were you were playing with us you know like yeah i was like oh shit like i'm gonna go i'm at that gaslighter show we're talking about that show i was fucking nervous as fuck that was like maybe my third or fourth show with odious and i was completely Damn. Yeah, I was I was freaked out as fuck, and uh, Shit. yeah, you guys were just there. We chilled out, hung out, smoked pot, fucking drank maybe a couple alcoholic beverages. Oh uh, yeah, no, it's, you guys have you guys have been pretty much through the whole yeah lineage of my playing live career, like especially in the Bay Area scene. That's like you guys have always yeah, been. Man. There, I've always I mean? thought of you guys as friends and equals, like on, on that whole thing, like doing those shows back in the day, like so. We, Hell yeah, bro. We were just like, of course we have to have embryonic dowerman on. We we fucking did so many shows with you guys, like you know. Yeah, we, we you, love you guys. You respect the hustle, Thanks, man. We, we love you guys too. Yeah, dude. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah, no doubt, dude. We respect the hustle. We're still here today talking about yeah. our shit when we're talking about it. Then we're talking about what we were doing then, and we still got the hustle, dude. So it's all good, dude. Hell yeah, bro. <laughs> no, dude, and and I'm really happy that we finally got you on, dude, because. You and I have been going back and forth a little bit, Austin, about when we get you on. This has been a kind of a long time coming, you know, like we were still talking about it in 2020, like when we were finally get you guys on an episode. So I'm glad that we're, it came to fruition, dude. Yeah, me too, man. It's been a, been a pleasure fucking speaking with you guys. Always a blast. And uh, 
man, I hope we can play some shows together in the future and hang out in person, dude. Yeah. 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 It'll definitely happen, dude. Back when shit opens up, dude, let's fucking have yep. some beers. We will. Let's hang out. Most yeah. of them. Definitely. Right. We appreciate what you guys so we'll doing. wrap it up, dude. Let's yeah. wrap it up with, uh, you know, plug any other shit and brown at the Bowerment. Where can we go get your merch and all that stuff? Yep. Um, well, you can definitely go to uh, embryonicdevourment.com. Um, our our Bandcamp page has stuff on there, uh, Facebook. Um, and... Uh, Bandcamp I mean, goes straight much to you guys. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah, okay, if you buy cool. there, it, it yeah. goes. Go support uh, money goes our pockets. Go support at Bandcamp for sure. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Right on, dude. And, well, right uh, on, guys. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. Cali Death Podcast, fucking episode 20. I'm so stoked. We're fucking here, dude. This like we're creeping up on almost a half a year of this shit now. So I'm fucking stoked. Calidef.com, Joseph. Gonna be new blog post coming this month. Yeah. Boom. I got one in the works. Yep. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. Nice. So we're working that shit. Oh, actually, hold up. Check it out. Let's see it. Can you read that? Yeah. I got this. Oh wow. Oh damn. Choosing death hard hardcover, dude. Damn. It's actually it's not hardcover, but it is it is the new version with three more chapters. So I'm gonna review this. This is part yep. of my book project is is read everything that's ever been written about. That's death really metal. super cool to see, dude, because yeah, like, I mean, you're 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 not that much younger than me, bro. But I mean, like you I would say, like, we're at the, I'm at the younger part of a generation. You're at the older part of a generation. So we're like and and choosing death was one of those books that I totally fucking yeah. dude. Cool. And now they got that's a second cool. edition out now and the yeah. next generation's got it. And there's a physical. It's like, ah, oh, dude, this is actually like super. And it looks so so professional, you I know. know I mean, to, to have it look like that is insane, totally. man. Than than the yeah. old fucking zine days, you know. I mean, that's yeah. legit shit right there. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Sure, Hell yeah, dude. That was a fucking plus right there, dude. I yeah. want to check that out now. Three more chapters. Yeah, dude. Um, is it from current shit? I think it's like the more recent era, yeah. Nice, dude. Um, wow. I had I'd oh, yeah. read the ver- oh, like yeah. I have a version without them, and so I am excited to get into the new. Is new that one. a limited edition? Is still available, or is that this is on bazillionbooks.com or bazillion points is where I ordered it from. Nice. Uh, yeah, Ian Christie is the the publisher, the main guy there at that book book publishing company. So oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah, I'll. I'll that's actually i literally wanted that information just for myself i mean anybody else go for it but that's for me yeah i'm definitely gonna get it that's cool (laughs) i I love physical i love the physical shit and that just actually like gave me a little chubby so (laughs) (laughs) you're welcome thanks thank you for that you give me a chubby every week dude uh cali death dot com fucking facebook fucking uh youtube Pornhub, tiktok <laughs> all the Hardly. hubs any hub you could find you'll find us there uh yeah dude porn talk spread the love dude get us going dude we just i i don't know if i said it on the last one i don't know if we were but 500 subscribers plus keep it going let's hear you guys talking about it um, plug that website one more time or not website, uh, podcast, Joseph. Oh no- yeah. Nothing's for no one. Yeah. I did an interview with, uh, Jason and Bill over there and, uh, talked about 
my stuff and yeah it was Thick super podcast. fun so yeah, yeah. very fun. professional they're fucking red i actually really like i'm gonna check that out totally yeah, yeah. and it was a, a real ex- I, i've already listened to it you know one and a half times i've already actually gone for a second run Whoa. so it's like i actually even yeah. went for another episode the the new metal episode before that episode yeah yeah, that yeah, was yeah. The new metal guy so <laughs> i just wanted to dive into that a little bit dude's talking about slayer a little weird shout out to jason and bill <laughs> those dudes are fucking rad and we'll get them here eventually yeah, yeah. yeah. No, i'm super down but super no down. it was a good listen and uh yeah we'll be digging on you we'll be trying to pull you guys over here soon nothing's yeah. for no one all right cali death we're fucking here we're fucking coming back next week here's to all you guys um yeah that's it have a great week we'll see you next one Fuck yeah. <laughs>